My podcast guests today are two great friends of mine that used to be co-workers. That co-workership turned into friendship, and now it's familyhood. And I'm really grateful for their friendship. We used to do a podcast together called the Pocket Park Podcast, which was a sports podcast that eventually died, unfortunately. Um, we get into that a little bit. But this podcast was a lot of fun. I always enjoy my time with them. They're both very thoughtful guys. Um, they're both people who I think are, are critical thinkers and um, are, are just really honest and fun to be around. And, and I, I truly appreciate that in people. And this conversation was no different than our, our normal conversations. So I really enjoyed this podcast and I think you will too. This is the Dodd Pod. This is the Dodd Pod. With Derek Dodson. With Derek Dodson. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Pocket Park Podcast. I'm just kidding. What's up? What's up, my boys? Thanks for coming through. What's going on? What's going on, Derek? I'm here with Josh and Chris. Chris is actually, um, they're my old podcast buddies. Chris is the one that killed the podcast. <laughs> dude, that, that's, do you guys try to blame that on me? We really every do, time, though. Dude? So... All right, for those of you guys that don't know, we had a podcast, and it was going pretty decent, I think. We we ended up building a following to, like, at least rem- yeah, rem- some some upwards of two million. <laughs> <laughs> we built the following, and then I bought a house, and I was like, all right, you know, at this house, we can do a little studio, and we can record, and then ever since then, it's been crickets. I know. Then it just kind of died. What, what started it? What started or what killed it exactly? I think, well, because Josh moved to over here in Long Beach. Long Beach. It's- so it just became a little bit further. Uh, I started going to finishing up school. Derek started teaching full time, like full full time. <laughs> were you teaching full time at the time? Yeah, you were, I thought you were like a <laughs> student teaching or some shit like that. Oh no, no, nah, he's f- always been full time teacher. I th- okay, wait, wait, wait. I so thought the joke wait, was like, oh, he actually started teaching. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess. Just, I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Instead, it just flipped to this page and copied the notes. So when when was the last time we recorded? Uh, a podcast for that or uh, an episode for that podcast it was pre-lebron like like lebron was about to come i think and uh, we yeah. talked about lebron so much that would have been a great episode like just because josh hates lebron so much oh my god yeah we're not talking about that yeah thinking pod. about it that could have contributed to why the podcast ended too no i think the real reason why is like at that point we all started doing like other things in life yeah and it's just kind of like i mean we we the cool thing is we kept in contact no matter what. Yeah. yeah. We still have that side chat mm-hmm. that, that's going to this day. And I can't even talk too much smack on Chris. I've been pretty inconsistent with my own podcast. <laughs> so I, I, I got to blame Casper and shit. <laughs> there, there's, there's like the saying that like every guy wants to have a podcast and then, you know, they want to record for a couple months and the next thing you know, they just forget about it. And it's just like the cycle, like the life cycle of a podcast, dude. Uh, y- Yes and no, but I kind of want to give us ourselves props because we just reopened up our laptop from the last time we potted and we would do 45 episodes. That's yeah. solid. Not That's including solid. the like three or four that we deleted. Yeah. And we actually used to plan the episodes for uh for that podcast. Like we would We'd have a padlet, we'd yeah, write dude. notes throughout the week. No, we were pretty committed. Yeah, we were. I think the problem or the challenge with the podcast by yourself is you have to get guests mm-hmm. and then you have to set up dates and uh it's a little it could be a little awkward because mm-hmm. sometimes people come in and some people don't feel comfortable. Like you get a mic in front of you and you're like, Oh, oh shit. And you know, you get a, your heart beats a little quicker. Mm-hmm. But once you get into the conversation, it just it seems really good. Because I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, and yeah, like people just kind of 
it's just a groove, you know, you just groove into it. Yeah. Good. Like for me, when I feel like I'm podcasting really well is when I forget there's a mic in front of me and I'm mm-hmm. just having a conversation. There's one podcast, I think it was with my boy Jay Flo or Jesus mm-hmm. and Ashley too, where I forgot there's a mic in front of me and we we're just talking. And then at one point I was like, oh shit, there's a mic in front of me. <laughs> Did you guys start talking about what was for dinner that night? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, how many episodes have you done on on your podcast? On the Dodd Pod, man. Like Call it by its name. Dodd Pod. Sorry. Yeah. I I haven't done that many yet. I think I'm in. I'm seven in. Seven. Seven or eight. I'm waiting till ten. I haven't even put it out on social media or anything mm-hmm. like that because I don't want to be the guy that puts it out and then there's like no episodes <laughs> and then like oh I listen in and then I have people hitting me up like oh where's the episodes like germ. <laughs> um, but that's good. Eh? It's a little accountability piece, but once I'm gonna get like two more in and then I think I'm gonna start promoting it a bit more. And you have, well, you have your episodes in between like the, uh, what are they called? Like the snack, snack drawer. Yeah. Snack drawer. So the snack drawer concept was going to be like, well, the reason I had a snack drawer is like, Oh, there's stuff that I want to share mm-hmm. or specific tips or, or just, I was like, there's a lot of stuff in life that you could learn from or like little little hacks whether it be working out or with your mind or whatever and i was like if i don't have a guest aligned i can just do a snack drawer episode where i'm sharing something that that i mess with or or that i think other people might mess with or or could use you know mm-hmm. but it's awkward sometimes recording by yourself like when i do snack drawer episodes i no joke i would re-record a, it would take me longer than a regular episode what well i mean just from listening to like a bunch of talk radio even Colin Cowherd, who has his own show and he's supposedly by himself, like he feeds off of the producers and stuff like that. Like it, I, I completely agree that it's really awkward because you have like a transition that you need to do. And if you don't know how to do that, you're just kind of like, um, so yeah. So I checked out this new, you know, diet tip or whatever and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I just got to get comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, sucking, you know, like part of my mind is I've always been somewhat a perfectionist in some ways. So when I put a podcast out, I want it to be good, but at the same time, it's I'm in my first ten episodes, especially doing one alone. Those aren't, aren't at least in my eyes, they're not gonna be super quality until like you know I gotta get my reps in just like anything else. Yeah, you, and you don't have that like banter going back and forth with somebody. You're just you know you're carrying the the episode complete by yourself. Yeah, I need Josh to be my all time producer one day. I'm down. I'm down. I, I I love this stuff. I went to school and I wanted to be connected to it somehow. I wanted to I want to teach. Some kind of technology, um, whether it's like audio or video production, things like that. You know what? I was thinking about, I was thinking about like, oh, you know, it's really cool. I can edit videos and stuff like that. But like kids these days can do that now. With like their iPhones. Yeah. yeah. And it used iPhone, to be something yeah. that like, like, oh, I can offer this, but nobody else can offer it. But it, now it's like the kids would like, even just with the simple TikTok app, you know, they're able to do all these transitions, all these really cool things that I can't even do it on my computer with my free software. So I was just tripped out. I was like, wow, I've become kind of useless when it comes to audio. I mean, to video. You should see if you could create an elective at your school I, doing that. So I have, and now's the time to talk about this. Um, so I'm a PE teacher, and I wanted to st- stay tied into sports, right? So I did that, but it's like I always loved, like, the production of stuff, and, like, I would love to do – I think what would be great is if I did, like, Dude Perfect videos with my students. Like, that mm-hmm. stuff would be really, really hard, but – um, and what's uh? Can you tell us what Dude Perfect? Just in case people don't know what it Dude is. Perfect is like these dudes who do like viral videos. They do trick shots. They've actually expanded. They do trick shots. They do stereotypes. It's pretty funny. Like people at the grocery store, like 
The different grocery shoppers and stuff? Yeah, the different types of grocery shoppers or even like uh, game night, like the different kind of people who like the the competitors and stuff like that. Um, So I'd like to do something like that. I tried recording something like that, but uh, we were doing some pretty... uh, Stuff that can get us in trouble, so I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> like I should have top of the buildings and. Uh, well, we would use the city gym, and I would. You're only supposed to play basketball in there, and we would bring frisbees, and we'd try to like make frisbee shots, like from across the, across the court to the other one, and yeah, it it that's, was bad. Dude, that somebody is got not hit. That bad. Somebody no, somebody got hit in the face, and that's why I was like, oh, maybe we should stop. So, I talked to the principal, and I was like, hey, you know, I want to do a production thing. Um, he's like, we'll start it off as a club and, you know, see what kind of interest you garner. I never followed through on that because then the next step he said is talk to the district and see what you need in order to teach it. And I would, like I said, I would love to do it. And according to my district, um, in order to teach a, like a production class, it would need to be, um, I would need a math credential or a business credential. How those tie into technology, I have no idea. But when I was at East Whittier, the person who taught video production was a had only had a master's in um, in technology, and she was able to do that. And so every school district is different. Um, the The dream would be to create kind of like how at the high school they do like a pirate news. Um, so it's news for the week, um, something like that. But I'm just super anti cheesy. Like I want to do something cool and legit. Like not you want to be authentic to the kids. Yeah, you know, because like we we talk about when we're going to go back to school. Um, and re-welcome the kids and they have great ideas but they're just cheesy and they're forced and I don't want that like I wanted something so to the be the kids do the kids do or the no the staff the staff. staff the staff that I work with they have amazing ideas um, and there's a few of them that are able to pull off anything you know but um, and you guys have met like my friend uh, Miss Colhane she's she's awesome she's like a utility tool for our school like she does everything um, and then there's other people that work there and they just like they have great ideas but it's just like it's super cheesy and it's not authentic and the kids don't connect with that you know and the kids like the sixth graders come in and they connect with it because they feel bad and then once they get to seventh grade they're like yeah like that's not me like i was just being nice and you know and then they and then become eighth graders and they're just like i really don't give a damn like i'm just i'm gonna do me so i want like when we welcome the kids back i want to do something cool but authentic and not forced what that is i don't know yeah, I feel like it has to come from the kids in some ways. Or even I'll have ideas that I want to bring to to my school or to my class. And then I'll bring it to the class and then I'll see parts of it connect and then parts of it don't. Right. And, and you, then you have to adjust and you know, really. And you reflect plan on that. and you're like, you you plan for dead spots and like it's still a dead spot. You know, yeah. like uh I see you do like a lot of like for me, I see a lot of stuff that you do is with like music and quotes, and I'm like, that's genius. And then I talk to my kids and they're like, who's J. Cole? Who's Kendrick Lamar? And I'm like, wait, who do you, who do you listen to? Get like, out of my class. I listen to Polo G or Little Taijay, and I'm just like. Pooh Shiesty. Yeah, like, I'm like, I mean, I listen to them, but, like, I can't, like, it's just not the same. It just, and I'm wondering, like, did we become, like, people who listen to Tupac and Biggie and can't listen to anything else? You get what I'm saying? Like, I always think that, like, dang, like, are we that people now? You see it like when we when we were growing up, the older people start to slowly get disconnected. They bring up so oh you don't know this person, and now it's it's happening to us. It's like this progression that no matter who you are, it happens somewhat. Yeah, well, I mean you guys you guys really don't listen to that music even though you guys are around kids all I, the time. Okay, I do because of the kids. Like when I'm at school, like I knew who Roddy Rich was. Mm-hmm. I knew 
about all these different groups. And as quarantine hit and I got disconnected from the kids, like I just found myself listening to podcasts and like the same music that I always listen to. And I tried listening to like what's new on like Apple Music when I would go on runs. But it's like, yeah, this doesn't connect with me. I'm just going to listen to a podcast. Yeah. Like, I go running on a podcast like that many years ago, like that would never happen. Like I'd listen to, I'd have a what, playlist ready. Whenever I, I decide to run <laughs> for some reason, I don't know what it is. But I, I like listening listening to Irish folk music, dude. That's strange. It's, I, I don't know what it is. When you say that, I think of like a montage to go into like a bar or something like. Yeah, it's like like Mumford's and Son. I just feel like I'm run, running like by a riverbed or something like that, dude. It's the only time I listen to Irish folk music. How often are you running? Mumford and Son so, is an Irish. So I said when I run. It's really not that often. It's but you should try it. You try it. Put Irish folk music on. Send me some good songs. It'll change. It'll change your your whole run. But I'm like Josh. I'm usually listening to a podcast or something. I, for some reason, I think I, as I run, I like to think about. I like to get into listen to a conversation or, or something. Every now and then, I'll listen to music of mm. the new album. Let's or something. talk about this though. Um, when I want to just run for a long time, like let's say four miles. If I'm oh yeah, run, Josh is a real runner here. If I run four miles, I can listen to a podcast because it paces myself. But if I want to get a nice workout in, I have to listen to music because the music tempo speeds me up. So like on shorter runs where you're trying to get it in quicker? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's like a science behind it, if it's just my own psychology or what. But like there's times where it's like I'm in a zone and it's like, all right, I'm about to finish. So I'll put in um, killing in the name of. And then that just like finishes me off strong because once he starts like cussing and everything, I'm just like full steam ahead, like running, running. And then I'm tired. Oh, and I feel that that used to be uh, mm-hmm. till I collapse. Okay, who's like, that by? Um, it's it's a mix. It's Eminem. Mm-hmm. It's um, who else is in it? Is it Fifty in that one? I don't know. I there, know there's a, I know it's Eminem. There's a till I collapse I, remix. I can see Eminem. Like I can see that. I used to do that like my last set or something. Or but that's or for lifting, sprinting. right? Not for lifting or running. Which is working out. Period. But not just it's, it's but it's two different activities, dude. Like, they are lifting versus running. I feel like running. I have to stay mellow as opposed to like lifting. Hmm. I can be more. Like intensity, intensities. You know what I mean. So you tend to listen to music more when you lift. Yeah, like I'll listen to like you know, like uh, Raging Against the Machines or or whatever it is when I'm lifting. But from doing cardio, I I I just need I need to stay more calm, dude. What, like like I said, it depends on what kind of run I'm trying to get in. True. You know, like I, if I want like a nice run, like I have to listen to music. I'll start off with some like Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, what? Yeah. Hey, he, his popularity got up. I haven't heard too many songs. Mike, he's popular. Really. I, you know what? I started listening to him before he blew up. I'm not trying. Oh, to he's one of those guys. Yeah, oh, I got into him way before no, everyone no, no, else. No. <laughs> no, so what ended up happening was my barber moved from my my old barber moved from because I I go to the best spot now. Um, Shout out Chop Shop. Yeah, Chop Shop on Lakewood and Alondra. Yeah, so. When I first started, uh, he just, the guy moved from Dominican Republic. And so he brought all that music over and that's all he would play. And like, I just remember listening to this song. And of course, my favorite songs always end up being about weed. And so it was a song about weed that Bad Bunny used to sing. It had like Nicki Minaj, Tyga. Oh, I don't know. It's called like Creepy Kush or something like that. I don't know. Well, anyway, I, I, so listen to it. I, I, I love that song. And then, um, and then so I started listening to him. And then, yeah, he just like blew up out of nowhere. And then when he did, the funny thing is, when he did the wrestling, he blew up even more. Yeah, I, I don't know why he caught on so he went quick. Main, that was more mainstream, you know? You know what it is, dude? I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. 
he appealed to the women, dude. He appealed to the Hispanic women. And that's just what caught everybody's, you know? Yeah. Would you have listened to Bad Bunny if, you're, if your girl didn't listen to Bad Bunny, dude? No. no. I don't mean I understand Spanish. Well, it, <laughs> but before Bad Bunny, you know who I it was? And you're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because before Bad Bunny was Osuna. Yeah. And all the girls connected with that guy. He's got to be accepted, dude. Yeah. it's. I guess the Latin women move the market. I mean, I like with ba- I like Bad Bunny, too, dude. I'm trying to get some of those little glasses that he wears. <laughs> I miss with Mana. Do you? Hey, Mana's good, too. Mana's good. See? I don't understand it. If I could <laughs> understand it, though, like Spanish music seems real. Like, like Juan, our boy Juan, he's always talking about what kind of Spanish music does he listen to? I think to? he probably listens to corridos, no? Corridos. Probably, I don't know. Juan knows Juan every knows Spanish song music. of all like time, music dude. He listens to. But the yeah, funny it really thing is, it just, there's so many different genres, though. Like that's the thing. Like I would never listen to corridos, but like to any person who doesn't speak English, they would probably Spanish. They would probably say like corridos and rancheras are the same thing, and they're not. Different. Honest, I, there's, I feel like there is a lot of that. Like I, I can't tell and the difference like, between a lot of them. You oh, know? I can. I really, can. like corridos versus. Well, can you Norteño tell the or I don't know. It's just all same to me, dude. Yeah, because I, I want. I could be wrong, but I feel like norteño is like definitely accordion heavy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and corridos is like really guitar heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then ranchero is very like classical sounding. Yeah, like old. Yeah, like and then school. there's just a lot. And then obviously, like, there's rock and espanol. And then even then, like, rock and espanol, like, branches out to, like, different. There's different just so uh, much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's so much, dude. Even, like, even reggaeton has become something different now. It's just, it's, it, I don't know. It's yeah, just music continues to evolve, which is pretty crazy. You see, when, you see with rap, you see it, like you guys said, Spanish music. So if I were to ask you guys what is the most disliked english genre what would you say dislike country no that's here that's local yeah that english depends genre. on like i like i like, I like, like country throughout, i'm just no, saying throughout I think all time throughout all time not not necessarily like today and now i'll say hardcore hardcore rock like metal okay. i think that takes like special yeah not because they're screaming at you you know not everyone enjoys that but there's still an <laughs> audience for it though no, like, there's definitely what an i'm audience. trying to get at is like so disco is the one that gets shit on a lot right really? Yeah, disco. Like you're saying, one that like doesn't have an audience really. That yeah, struggles to hold an audience. Right, and then someone pointed out the other day, like, well, if you listen to like Dua Lipa, which is like the big thing right now, yeah, like, she has a lot of disco background Vibes. in it. Yeah, and it's like, dang, like you're right, like, so it's like even though disco's not cool, like it's incorporated in pop music today, and it's like yeah, you can find pieces that are. Yeah, and, and, and it's just it's that. just it's just crazy. Like like you said, like music just continues to evolve, and it's. I mean, I I listen to. I still listen to music, not as much as I used to, but I like I I, I love music. To to that point, have you guys noticed also uh, things like vinyl records are, are starting to come back, um, like and become popular? Yeah, one I, I was teaching Summer Bridge incoming uh, ninth graders, and mm-hmm. one of my students uh, told me she went to Aniba. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, a rec- Amoeba. 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 Yeah. My bad. And she went up there in L.A. And, and got some vinyls. And I was like, oh, damn, you're an old soul. And um, he's right, though. Everyone's back on vinyl. Everything seems like it cycles back. You even tell see short shorts coming yeah. back in. If you men. see that student, tell him not to go all the way to L.A. Tell him to go to Fingerprints in Long Beach. So that's, a, that's, that, that's the spot. That's the spot that me and Casey go to. We have a couple vinyls. Um, and it's funny, like, when I go for my runs, um, people have their garages open on my street. Like, it's, it's, I love this neighborhood. And there's a dude, like, maybe i don't know 30 feet of wall space two shelves all vinyls 
Like, it's ridiculous. And it's I would love to one day be like, hey, man, can I look at your collection? Like, that's really cool. But so it's the, it's the sound behind it. Is, yeah, it, is it, it the sound? Like, we live in a day and age nostalgia? where... We live in a, live in a day and age where everything is, you know, digital, produced, mm-hmm. and, like, just made great. So why would you want to listen to a vinyl? I think there's something about it being solid. Something having tangible, tangible, tangible yeah. item. Same thing with... Um, I can't tell you what the difference is. I, I, I can't. As I far can, as sound, sound, you can't you that? For sound? vinyl? No, because vinyl is just kind of... Well, so we have a record player, and it just projects out, right? Like, it's just out there. Whereas if I were to connect my headphones, then maybe I can, like... Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear the difference. But the funny thing, because we were talking about lossless music on Apple, that I can. I can tell the difference on that. Because it's more... There's more depth and layers versus otherwise it just sounds flat. Like sometimes it's like, oh, I really want to hear. Perfect example is like if I want to play the drums mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do, like I try to listen to music and it's really hard to concentrate on just like the hi-hat and the snare. But with lossless music now, I'm finding like, oh, my God, like I can identify it and I can practice it now even more than before because I couldn't hear it before. I don't but I, I I don't know about vinyl. That I still I still don't understand what lossless music is. So it's just when, produced differently. No no no. So all music is con- is created lossless, but once it becomes digitized and compacted, what does lossless mean? Lossless means like um, the best way I can explain this it's is like raw. Right. So you take a picture and you take a picture raw and a picture normal. If you take a normal with normal settings, if you zoom in, it becomes pixelated really fast. And so the file is small and compact. Whereas if you take a raw photo, you can blow it up and you can make more changes to it without really affecting the big picture overall. Um, And it's not as digitized because the file is bigger. So um, that's one example. Or um, I like when you guys read subtitles on TV, those are called vectors. And so they're smooth. So if you were to ever zoom into on it, it would never become pixelate, pixelated because it's a, it's made differently. So kind of with music, it's just, it's not compressed as much. So the files are going to be a lot bigger and it's going to take a lot longer to download and stuff like that. Yeah, I never knew Josh knew so much about about. I think this. you're lying. That's I'm not. <laughs> you're not jerk, believing man. him. That's, to, you, uh, you, that's crazy. Talk to my no professors at Cal State Fullerton then. Hey, do you feel going to Cal State Fullerton? Do you feel you got a lot of those classes out of your education there? And I'm not like just like just in general college. Yeah. So my dream was to go to SC and they're considered to be like the top school. And then um, Fullerton for, for sorry, for journalism, for oh, broadcast okay. journalism. Oh, your plan was to go to SC? Yeah, but okay. I didn't get in. Um, and then Northridge is considered to be another great school for production. Um, and then Fullerton is a pretty solid school. And everything I learned, I, I think I came in at the perfect time because we had just hired new teachers for communication. So... Um, they brought like a lot of different perspective than that what was there before because my sister went for the same thing and I feel like I know a thousand times more than what my sister learned because my professors were new like they were just recently hired and they were still hungry to teach you know and so That's yeah big. like I learned I learned I came in at the time where it was called backpack journalism where now that's all it is and like backpack journalism was taken off where you needed to be able to shoot your own video, take your own photos, write your own scripts, write your own news story, and create your own video package. And so I learned everything. And now it's like you just take a phone and you're able to do all that. That's insane. On on an iPhone, yeah. Going to teachers, I I think 
one of the biggest things I learned as a being a teacher myself now is it's really about your teachers being passionate about or really care about or and believe in what they're teaching. Because I've I've taught units where I personally don't I'm like I'm not fired up about it. I, I didn't make any strong connection with it. And you can tell, you can tell and when I deliver it to the class um, and, and all of that stuff. And now what I've been trying to do is find purpose or something that I can connect with with everything I have to teach so I, I can bring that same passion to the kids. Um, but it goes with college, too. I've had professors who uh, they, they're just here to get a check. Um, I'm not really fired up. And I have other professors where I'm like, I love this dude or, or, or this Absolutely. teacher. It, See, but, like, in college... I feel like professors have more reign over what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you guys, you know, working, um, you guys work public school, right? Right. So you have certain standards and things that you guys have to teach and certain things that you can't really go away from. That's so how do you stay passionate while pretty much being told what you have to teach? For me, it's the students. So I'm not going to lie. My first three years teaching, I had this one student. She was amazing. Um, she's off to Seattle University to play some softball on a D1 scholarship. Super proud of her. Um, and she just kind of like motivated me to be the best teacher that I could be. Once she left my class, the kids, I didn't connect with the kids as much as I did with that student. And um, like I felt like I kind of suffered a little bit. And then like I got in my head. And then eventually like I refound the passion. So years one through three, I think I was like great. Four and five, I was okay. And then um, pre-pandemic like the two years before the pandemic like I found students I was like dude like you're motivating me to be a good teacher like I don't want you to come to my class and be bored like yeah I know you don't want to do PE um so let's try something else and it's funny like kids now are more willing to do a CrossFit workout than when I first started teaching and so that was something new to them do you think that's due to just do you think that's due to your delivery of of it or your your experience with it now because you've done CrossFit a good amount now uh I think yeah I think it's a combination of both because um we got into it with work there's a professor there's a teacher there that you work with Mr. Bean um and he got us into it and the first day that I ever did it what I liked is he's like CrossFit is something that Everyone does. Everyone gets the same kind of a workout, but it's just you work out on your own pace. Like, we're all going to hit the same number, um, but we're all going to work at a different pace. And, like, he'll be done in, like, 10 minutes, and I'll be done in, like, 20, you know? And we, we all did the exact same workout, you know? Um, and so that made me love CrossFit, and I told you to get into it, and you did. CrossFit is so hard. I love it. It's I know intense. it's not for Derek, because Derek has his own routine, right? Yeah, I, I did CrossFit um, for a little bit. Well, during the pandemic, I just started doing pull-ups, push-ups, squats. Like I started making my own little circuits. Right. I, I can get into anything, honestly, with working out. It takes a couple weeks with anything I, and then you'll, and then I can find a liking for it. I'll figure out what I like, what I don't. Those days that I hate, I know I really got to show up for those. But I enjoy weightlifting, just because I, I feel like I'm really actually get, gaining muscle. It's something um, that you can measure. Yeah, you're, you're I'm like, like. I, the way that I would measure CrossFit is like, all right, in January 1st, I'm going to do this workout and then compare it to, you know, September or whatever. You can connect and times, like, weight. Yeah, yeah. and but it's it's not the same thing, you know, whereas like before, like, oh, I couldn't hit two plates. And now it's like, oh, I'm crushing two plates easily. Yeah, like I can see that. Like it's more rewarding for you. Like for me, I love I, I if I could just do cardio and it not mess up my knees, I just do cardio every day. Like I don't care about muscle mass or anything like, like I could just run for days. 
hate no, cardio. Cardio is like the worst part of working out. It's like a necessary evil, dude. Yeah, you, I realized you have my first cut or my first couple cuts. I did no cardio. Mm-hmm. I was just lifting and my macros, so carbs, proteins, fats, went. Protein went up as I cut, but my carbs and fats went super low. I was really low, and I, cause you know I wanted to lose weight, so I just kept cutting, cutting, and did no cardio. But this cut, I've been doing. I've been burning a, th- a thousand calories um, doing workout. cardio, so okay. it's like basically like four two mile runs or three or four two mile runs, and bam, I'm like cool. I can still eat a lot, and and lose weight. But like you said, the knees, I, I feel it on my knees. Running also makes you a little tight, and I don't make adequate enough time to stretch, which I should. With stretching so overlooked, man, it's yeah. so huge. What point in your life did you realize, like, hey, dude, I have to stretch? Like, like I Kobe can't, told I can't me. Just, I can't just get up and just, and just run, you know? It was when Kobe told me, because Kobe, Kobe Bryant, he, uh, he got interviewed one day, and they told him, it was his final year, and he was like 2016 or 14 or 16, one of those. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you could tell 19-year-old Kobe, if you can give 19-year-old Kobe some advice, he goes, what would he do? What would you say? And he's like, stretch. Yeah. And then ever since then, I'm like, damn, he's right. Like, it just makes a huge difference. What's so hard about getting people? Why, why don't people stretch more? Why, why do you think people don't stretch more? Um, I think it takes, one, it takes time. I mean, it, it takes some of your, your time. You're like, let me just get in and, you know, jump in on on this uh, bench press you know i don't need to stretch I've, i didn't stretch when i was 18 why do i need, need to do it now you know what i mean i think that's some of it and another part of it is no one ever teaches you a way to stretch where you feel like oh wow like that felt really good like it, nobody ever teaches you how to stretch like for example my kids we do um dynamic stretching so it's basically moving from point a to point b doing this thing over and over again like um I call them leg kicks. Like you're kicking your leg forward and you're trying to touch your toes um, as you're walking. But nobody ever really takes the time and teach you to stretch. So I think that's some of it too. I think it's boredom also. I think people view stretching as as being very boring and, and uncomfortable depending on what stretches you're doing. But going to your question, what got me into stretching or made me realize I need to stretch was when I started doing yoga. And then I really saw how tight my body is. And then I'll do yoga, and then after a yoga class, I'll be like, oh, damn, my, my body just feels a little bit lighter, a little looser. As I do it more consistently, I, I can see my hips are a little less tight, my hamstrings, I feel like I recover a little bit better. And then, But the bummer is I'll take two weeks off. <laughs> like, I took two weeks off uh, from yoga just because I didn't go to class. And I did yoga this morning, and damn, my hips were tight, my hamstrings were tight, and I'll just like, Okay. It's the it's the one. So there's five components of physical fitness. I'm sure you guys know this. And one of them is flexibility, and it's the one that gets ignored the most. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest to fix, and it's also the easiest to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible. And when I would do yoga with Casey, she would crush it, and I'd be like, "Dude, I'm more what flexible." What kind of yoga you. are you guys talking about? <laughs> nah, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> and she would just she would crush it, and Wait, I just would not. What are the other four components, dude? Uh, body comp, cardiovascular endurance, muscular strength, muscular endurance. And then, like I said, um, flexibility. Damn. All right, PE. Shit, my bad. <laughs> Yo- yoga, something else I like about yoga, mm-hmm. I- I'm sure I talked about this on previous pods. It-, it hits two things for me. One thing that it hits is obviously my body. My body feels good after stretching. And another thing it is, it's like a meditative practice for me. So, because when you're in difficult positions, your mind starts to race a little bit. You're, you like if you're in a, a a low lunge or something, 
and your legs start to shake and your mind starts to go, uh, like you can't do this anymore. Stop, stop. Or, or when are we going to the next pose? When are we going to the next pose? So whenever you're in those real difficult positions is when our, our mind chatter starts to be super active. Yeah. And it, what, what I do is I just notice that chatter and then I'll just breathe into whatever I'm feeling. So if it's, I'm feeling it in my legs, wherever I feel that tightness or that tenseness, I'm breathing into my legs. Um, I'm, I'm observing the chatter, but I'm not going to engage with it. And when I do engage with this, usually when I'll get out of a, a, a posture prematurely. So that's one thing I really like. And then it translates to daily life because when you're in a, when you got something hard in life, you know, you can, oh, shit, I can do hard things, you know. That's a good point. Well, Derek, you, uh, you said you started picking up yoga a, a lot recently, right? So um, I'm sure you've noticed one of the more popular brands when it comes to yoga, dude, <laughs> it's Lululemon, Derek. It's Lululemon. <laughs> now, product placement. What's up with this Lululemon? I honestly know very little other than it's supposed to be like a, a expensive ass brand, right? Right. It's a lifestyle, dude. It's not. It's not it's expensive. A li- it, it's a it, lifestyle. It low key is a lifestyle. Wait, tell I, me more about this Lulu. I'm oh. not a Lululemon, but we'll talk I'm, about. I this. never thought I'd be like super into Lululemon, but they are so comfortable, bro. They are expensive. Like the shorts are the shorts are like sixty eight dollars, dude. For some shorts, are they quality? Yes, yeah, they're, they're super good quality. And if they get like tears or they fray, like they replace them pretty much for you. I didn't know that. Yeah, they'll so, replace them for you if you get tears. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. that's not a bad investment for sixty eight bucks if they'll replace them. So the shorts, bro. being a PE teacher, I've gone through Under Armour. Mm. Ni- to me, Nike was the standard. Nike, Adidas, everything, bro. And I was like, all right, like Nike's cool. Like I don't, I, I don't love it, but it. it you know, it works for me. And then um, when Kobe died, I wanted to buy some of his Mamba Academy stuff. And so I went to the website and they uh, I bought some products. I bought some shorts. And then the brand of the shorts was called Legends. And so I was like, oh, like. Oh, they made the shorts for them? It's kind of like uh, like you buying like a plain Nike polo and then getting oh. stitching on it. Oh, gotcha. that, that's all. They like screen printed onto the Legends brand. And I was like, dude, like Kobe used to rock this stuff. And so I love it. It's lightweight. It's like super comfortable. Are they um, thin or thick? They're in between. They're perfect. I'll show in, you guys after in this. Betwixt. <laughs> in between. I'll show you guys after. But uh, it was so Chris was when Chris got into Lululemon's, I actually got into Legends. And it's it's pricey, too. I usually get like 20 percent off sometimes. That's when I buy this stuff. But like I like being a P.E. teacher, that's all I wear. And like sometimes, you know, like when you like feel overweight. You just put on shorts like those are the shorts that are like are perfect. Like it doesn't matter if you're feeling overweight or if you're feeling thin or whatever, like they just feel great. Whereas like Nike's when I'm overweight and I put them on, I'm like, yeah, I need to lose some weight. Really? Don't all basketball shorts make you feel good no matter like what? Because the, the waistband is like elastic. It, well, it depends uh, on the waistband. Sure, no, because like some waistbands are like have like the string inside, like scrunchy. Yeah, mm. and I, I don't do those. I got to try these top notch brands. The see ones how that feels. are flat. Like, I, I would legit buy, like, one pair. And then, like, they come with a liner inside or no liner. I don't know if you're into liners. Um, and you can buy You can configure it. Like, all right, do I want five-inch seam, uh, inseam or mm-hmm. seven inches? Do I want liners, no liners? Like, I, I'm I trying to go them. through. I'm trying to go three-inch, bro. I'm trying to just work my way back up. Just <laughs> smaller and smaller, dude. Hey, you know what's interesting about this dude? Josh is always super detailed, like analytical. Yeah, he's very analytical, and he gets into like all the little nuances research. of it. Yeah, he does hard. Like, who does research in shorts? 
talking about seams and shit. I'm just like, oh shit, these shorts look cool. I'm cool. <laughs> no, nah, so, but yeah, it, it, nah, that's cool. I'm not hating on it. No, so, I, I, so I, I'm like Team Legend. He's Team Lulu. I, I haven't so dipped into Lulu. Lululemon. That's been like my guilty uh, purchase as of late. Like that's the stuff that I've been spending money on that I probably shouldn't be spending money on, but whatever. Why not? Yeah, I mean, good point. I, I mean, I'm still doing it. it doesn't matter. Dude. So today you text us like, <laughs> I have bad news. I'm <laughs> like, what's the bad news? I was like, I was like, hey, all my Lulu limits are in the washer. Right now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wear some Nike shorts today. <laughs> How many do you have? I own. I have four pairs, dude. Four pairs. Can you wear them to work? Hell nah. They I, but they make pants, dude. But the pants are like 150 bucks. I have Fuck. legends. I have six, what's, what's six your, or seven pairs. What's your guilty purchase right now? That you're spending money on golf, anything golf. That's a stupid investment. And like, uh, can you hand that over, Derek? This was a gift. Like, it's like a Zen. It's like a sandbox. Oh, it's oh, like yeah. I didn't even stuff. notice. I saw the Zen stuff. But and I didn't it's very the golf. like Zen. Oh, like so anything. That that was a that was a gift though. But like anything golf. Like, I went the other day and I dropped maybe like a hundred bucks on like some hats. Hats, really? hats, a head cover, and uh, a towel. I'm trying to think what my uh, guilty pleasure purchases are. Probably can't disclose them on here. <laughs> <laughs> what about like concerts? Concert, Concert tickets. Mm, but Aren't there's you not that many. But it's rare, you know? Like, it's not a, a frequent thing. Like, J. Cole getting those J. Cole tickets. Shout out, we're all going to a J. Cole concert. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed at Chris, though. I could have got better seats, but he told me after the fact. What, about the code or something? Yeah, because oh, I, I, men- I think you had mentioned... No, we had been talking that morning. We talked yeah. today before. T- oh, you guys no, side no, text. No, I was texting him like literally like 15 minutes and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I got concert tickets. Like, dude, we were just talking. Why couldn't you tell me like, oh, here's the code. <laughs> here's the code. Like <laughs> we were competing for the like the same seats or something. I didn't, I didn't know that. that was, I don't know. I, don't know. I know he's like, what if they, he gets one and I don't? Yeah, I was like, I had to secure mine first, dude. And then I, let, and then I was going to let you guys in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I ended up, Derek then hopped on it. And I was, when Derek hopped on it, I was like, there's no way we're going to get any tickets. And then he got some. I was like, oh, damn. Like, I should have been Dude, on I it. Dude, I didn't tell you guys this, but I actually got four at the time. Did you sell the other two? No, I'm going to take my my goddaughter. She wants to go. So okay. it's, it's her birthday month. So I was going to take her. That's fair. You're a good uncle. I know. Well, what, is that uncle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's okay. my niece. I, yeah. For me, for me, I got seats that are, there's two seats in between us. So, when we get to the concerts, I'm going to have to be like, hey, guys, do you oh, mind scooting great. down one seat so that I can sit with my wife? I'm sure it'll be cool. Yeah. What, yeah. What, if, what if they say, yeah, I do mind? Like, what are you going <laughs> to Bye. <laughs> I'll see you after the concert. <laughs> he puts on a good show. At the Forum, he puts on a great show. The Forum's a great yeah. place to see concerts. I, I think I saw him there for... For Your it? Eyes Only tour. Yeah, For Your Eyes Only. And I saw KOD in Anaheim, man. Fur eyes only in at the forum was was dope. I like how is, dark it is in there. Isn't that where we watched the John Jones fight? Yeah. No, we saw John Jones at oh at Anna, at the Honda Center. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Who did I see? We I saw Bellator there. That's what I saw. We saw. Oh, you went to a Bellator yeah. fight. I forgot who was fighting. It was a big name. I remember. I remember when you. I like live UFC, but. I think I like watching on TV better. I, I still would go like once every couple of years or so just to go to a live UFC event. But as far as I, I, I love hearing the commentary, I like having a clean view because you do have a fence in front of you. It's like you a football know? game. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about football. I really don't like watching football live that much. Mm-mm. Because you just have that weird announcer. You but know, Josh like is a USC I, season you, ticket, dude. So I want it. So he loves it. I think, well, okay, I don't like watching pro football live as much because people are always getting drunk. And then when you go to SC game, they don't sell alcohol there, so nobody gets drunk. So it's really like it's all just fandom, and it, it's real. I, I love 
Is it like noticeable to you, like how many people are smashed at the NFL games? Yeah, dude, I've had to almost fight like at every Rams game that I went to. I'm like, really, like, get off of me, dude. Like, it's just super annoying. But when I go to SC games, it's just the the people that you want to fight is like the fans from the other stand. Who it, are just I obnoxious. Think, <laughs> I think football fans are extremely aggressive, dude. Especially with uh with when alcohol gets involved. Maybe that's any sporting event, but for me, it seems like especially with football. Like yeah. when I work for the Chargers. <laughs> as a as, now not a top job or nothing. I thought that, that sounds the, cool. When, when I worked for the Chargers, when I worked for the Chargers front office, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I did. Technically, you probably you know, did work for you, the front office. You know how that they, now, like baseball stadiums, for example, have that clear bag policy mm-hmm. where you can only bring clear bags. Well, they had that at the Chargers, but they they were very bad at communicating it. So a lot of fans traveling from different cities or states would come to a game and they wouldn't know and they'd have their bags and they'd drive in like with the train or whatever. Yeah. So they'd get to the front gate. Oh, you can't bring that bag in. And you know, girls some have some expensive ass bags. So um, they're like, you're going to have to go check in your bag. So I worked at this check-in station, which was like across, and they had to pay for us to hold their bags. Oh, that so, sucks. So they would come to us. So we're just getting a whole bunch of pissed off people. Yeah, they're pissed. Yeah. You know, so that was my, but um, going back to drunk fans, I, you know, I'd see them tailgating and stuff. And um, during my break, at, usually at halftime, I'd be able to go in, catch a little bit of like the third quarter or something. Did you get on the field for that? Yeah, I'd be, I'd, that's awesome. I was able to get there early, so um, I'd be able to go around the field. It was cool. It, yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. a cool experience. And For sure. But one time it was a Steelers game, and Steelers have a lot of fans. So and Chargers, you know, Charger fan base is weak. So it was all Steelers out. And then I was since I was working there, they let me stand in this little area so I can just watch the game for a little bit. And then the Steelers fan tried to stand there too. But then the security came and was like, "Oh no, you can't stand here." Um, but like he didn't tell me anything, you know. And then he and then security left. That guy moved, and he comes back and like pulls my shoulder. And he's like, "Hey, if I can't go there, you can't either." What? And then like he legit pulled my shoulder back. And then my coworker was about to fight him. I was more so like, "What the hell?" But um, he's just drunk, dude. And then I was yeah. like, "Damn, I'm about to be on the job, getting a fight." <laughs> <laughs> Got fired on your day off. How'd you get fired on your day off? How long were you uh, still on boxes? How long were you there with the Chargers? Uh, one season. Well, one season. Yeah. Oh. At the time, I was I wasn't trying to be a teacher. I was trying to get into PR. Oh, that's right, that's right. Was that your internship or was just that just a job? Um, just a job. Okay. I I applied for it. I was like, maybe I can meet some people, get a foot in the door. Um, but eventually, I just came to the point. I was like, for me, public relations is some phony ass shit, dude. Um, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't, and I didn't really, comp- you know, you're. I was a young cat. I didn't really comprehend that. I was just like, I would love to work in some, some way, be be um, working in the sports field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I did my PR internship. I was like, nah, this. That was, this the, isn't for was me. that with the Lakers? That one? Nah, I <laughs> applied for one. I wish. Did nah. you? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, that's I, right. You I, it was like one. this uh, private PR firm. Um, a whole bunch of nice girls worked there, but like the office was just really quiet. I had to make up some phony stuff for these random companies, and I was like, mm, this isn't fun. You know, nothing right. fires me up about <laughs> this. Yeah, I like I. No offense, Chris, but like sometimes like working with kids, like it's just so rewarding. You know, it is, especially man. coaching, like. I my one of my favorite teams that I ever coached was the team that never won, um, but it was so fun. Wait, because which year was that? Like pre-pandemic. <laughs> Christmas Day. Shots Got up. <laughs> Whatever, man. So that's the year that we like we didn't. I was I had the most talent, but we just never won. But like the kids just had so much fight, and they wanted to practice every day, and so they were all in on it. Um, and like it was just it was the best team I've ever coached, but we we didn't win any game because we would lose at the end. How much shit did the parents give you, dude? None. Really? It's middle school. And the kids I mean, are having a blast. There'd be some parents yeah. like like nope. that cared. Nope. How they were not winning? 
Nobody? Um, honestly, the like the community that we serve, like parents aren't super involved. Not into sports. Mm. They show up because you it's like play, you guys play like what six games? Yeah, if you make it to the playoffs, you get like eight games. <clears throat> and when you're talking about middle school sports, you're just happy you get to travel on a bus to another school, play a game. Um, you feel cool because you made the team. Yeah. So all that in itself is super cool. I always found like uh, it cool with middle school sports. Like you have those kids that play travel ball, so they play a lot of they play a lot of games. You know, they're used to being on the team, but then you always have that super just athletic. Like he could just be like a cholo kid, dude. He's just he's just really good at sports, and you know, I don't, I don't know how he made the team, but he did, dude. Just a raw athlete. Yeah, yeah. he's just straight athletic. So that was me. That was my um, that team that I was telling you about. I had three quarterbacks. One was just a raw athlete. One was a rugby player, and then the other one was a baseball player. And they all the raw athlete would throw the deep ball. The rugby player had um, had the brain for it, and then the baseball player had the instincts for it. So it kind of depended on what situation I was in. Like if I need a first down or if I needed a touchdown, I'd put my baseball player in because he scanned the field and then he made the play. Whereas if I needed a deep ball, then I'd put in my raw talent kid and he could just launch it. It's, it yeah, you're right. Like they all come from different backgrounds, but like you just kind of plug and chug. Yeah. And working with kids is really interesting too, or at least at schools. Even if you just reflect on high school, for mm-hmm. example, because you're pretty much seeing every type of person that's in society in mm-hmm. school. But I mean, obviously at a young age. So it's it's just really interesting to see like everyone has these different experiences, these different views. You have your different cliques, and you're like, oh, this is just like a smaller scale of the real world. And you you would think that we'd get better, not as tribal and stuff as we get older, but <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, no, it's crazy because like um, when Trump took over in office, um, like it was really anti, like not him necessarily, probably he was, but it was very anti-Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I had a student who was Muslim. Like your school? Like you can fill, the, fill it in the air type no, thing? I, uh, no, I'm just okay. saying like... like as just a school, you guys all decided like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying like that's what was in at the time, right? Was just like anti-Muslim. And I had a kid who was Muslim and he started like like shitting on... They, he was Egyptian and he started shitting on <laughs> another Egyptian student who was Christian. And it's like, dude, like you see everything that's going on in the news and like Muslims have a bad rep, but like I know you and... I know you're Muslim and I have nothing against you. I think you're a really cool kid. I was like, but you're being a little punk right now. Like, why do you feed into like what, whatever the narrative is? You know, like you got to you got to change that. And it's funny because like you said, like it's just it's just a microcosm of everything that's going on. That's, that's the word microcosm. And everything's just um, kids are real malleable. Yeah. You know, so easily influenced, still developing those critical thinking skills that most of um, adults are. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so it's just crazy. It, but what's also cool that they're since they're malleable is you can easily, well, not easily, but you can bring some new ideas to them. And a lot of them will be open to those different ideas or those different perspectives, especially if you have that relationship with them. Where you're like, oh, yo, yo I know Mr. Dawson keeps it real with me, mm-hmm. or at least like in his eyes, you know. And um, so I can just offer some different perspectives and just offer them a different look. It's not my job to force them to, to view something a different way. But just let me just throw this perspective at you. Just, you know, plant, plant a little seed in there. I'm not going to lie. I try to influence them. Like it, uh, about what? Just, just stuff anything? that I <laughs> just stuff that I don't agree with. Like, man, that's stupid. Like, I think blah, 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 blah. It's not always effective, but like, I know that the kids are very gullible. <laughs> and they can easily be, <laughs> and they can easily be manipulative. Josh is working for his political party. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs> registering as a Democrat, right? <laughs> I'm independent, so 
They're, yeah, same here. What are you, Chris? Are you? I don't, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we said we would talk no politics on here. You said no politics, Derek. That was the first thing we said. Josh brought up Trump, bro. Come on. No, I, I, don't, I consider myself more like a moderate Democrat, dude. Like, um, I'm not super conservative, but I'm also not super liberal, dude. Yeah, so. You know? I'm like, I, I don't know what I am, but it was funny because, like, I, me personally, like, I, nothing against it, but, like, I just, I just don't like weed. Like, I just don't like the smell of it. Me? I just don't like it. So anyway, so someone asked me, like, what do you think of this whole <laughs> this whole um, athlete who got banned for smoking weed? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's my stuff. Like, like everybody does it. Like, but I don't like weed. Well, but what, do you, what do you think about Josh Gordon <laughs> getting banned for smoking weed? Um, I think him getting banned for smoking weed that many times, he's an idiot because... Marcellus Wiley came out and said, "Like, dude, we all know when we're gonna get tested. Like, so you, you can find a way to pass. So it. you know when to clean up, and then when you can kind of do it. And like, for you to get caught, it's because you just like you're just not you're not making the effort to not get caught. Because you can easily get away with it. Like, really, you have all these athletes and none of them smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's hard to believe. You could get mad at an athlete for not complying with the rules of the league, but I think there's also a place to question those rules. Right. And, absolutely. And I think." Some leagues are starting to be a little more progressive with it. UFC like, has dropped testing, right? NBA, I don't know if they've dropped it. They're pretty close yeah. to dropping it. I think yeah. they did. I think they did, too, But possibly. the thing is, like, it's for that, the Olympics comes every four years. That, and then this is a top athlete that's dedicated her whole life. And because she chooses to smoke a plant that's not hurting anyone else, it's right. not giving her a right, right, right. performance who, who, boost or anything. Who is banning her? The I think it's the IOC. Oh. Is that the world? That's what I'm asking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's coming down from globally, but it's like it, it it's ridiculous, you know. It's not a performance enhancing drug, and it shouldn't be tested for. It, I agree. It seems like we lack common sense a lot. Like sometimes. common sense is not that common. It's not. Why not? I think it, I don't know, man. I don't know. What? Be, who defines what common sense is? You know. It's just I like there's rule it, when it comes like when there's rules in place, you can't just use common sense. You have to keep it like. Why can't we adjust rules quicker, though? I, th- I feel like we're so slow to it adjust rules. Process. And uh, I don't know. It's frustrating. Like, change change is super slow any, pretty much anywhere. So I think there's a lot of things to consider when you're changing a rule. You can't just be, like, emotional. Just make an emotional decision and just change the rule just because. So how about with this girl? But like, if I, they decide. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I know what you're saying. I agree. But there's other stuff that gets changed on the drop of a dime. Like, it's all money-driven. You know? Like, if you have the right... What's the word? Lobbyists pushing for something like they can get a law passed. But if you don't, True. if you don't, then it just it's a long process. You know, I heard I heard this idea that I forgot where I heard this, but for when there's presidential elections, they should have um, I think it was on a Rogan podcast. They should have a, no surprise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe Rogan said the theologist. <laughs> um, like, I forgot who said this, but. <laughs> Dude, real quick, I'm always hesitant to like. Oh, I heard this on a Joe Rogan podcast uh-huh. because it's become this thing where people are like, oh, you heard it on Joe. So Rogan. people Love judge you. I yeah, so people judge, judge you. For it. Oh, I give I give people yeah. shit because they're like, oh, you listen to that on Joe Rogan. And my, my rebuttal is like, all the people who who hate on it are people that probably have never really heard many mm. full podcasts of his. And I I tune in because one, I I do mess with Joe Rogan. I think he's a, a authentic dude, but he also has really good guests, really smart guests, and also, at the same time, you can say, like, um, you should still, like, just because you heard one really smart guest, right. like, you shouldn't just 
buy into like, oh, this really smart person said this, said yeah. it in a really nice way. I'm going to believe that. You should still look into it and check out the other side. One but, of the podcasts that I listened to was, uh, I know we're kind of hopping around, but was when he brought, I think he was a reporter who, he was a black reporter who met with, what is it called? The Grand Wizard or something like that of the KKK. That oh, one was pretty. That one was pretty one. interesting. Yeah, really? yeah. Really? Which one was that? Find that one. You said no. <clears throat> it's yeah. old now. It's Dude. maybe like a year or two years old. You know what he did? He converted a whole bunch of dudes that were in the KKK to not be in the KKK. So he converted them from oh, racist I think I, to, I think I to non-racist. I think I it's pretty amazing. Yeah, because has it been not? Was wasn't he out like on the like political um, campaign and stuff too? I think he was. I I, I don't know. What were we talking about before that? You were talking about, you heard something about the presidential elections. Oh, yeah. On that. Joe Rogan. So, like, <laughs> you know how change, it feels like it's so hard to get some, some major changes done. That the idea was you have some of the hot button issues, some real, real big issues, and you have the American public vote for it when they vote for the election. So, like, on these whatever issues, so let's say it's drugs, like legalize, legalize all drugs. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so, so I, I do that. You know, I just don't think people should be going to jail for victimless crimes. But um, so like I, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. You know, you have the hot button issues, some some major topics and the American public can vote on it during the election. And then if if it passes and cool, that that changes. I just feel like I could speed up the process a bit. Yeah. No, I mean, what, what's a pushback on that? Uh, Not everybody would have. Uh, fair access to to vote on that. So like I don't get that argument. Can you so, tell me more about it? Yeah. So what's going on is like so for example, I'm not well versed in this, but I know in Georgia they're trying to pass a law that basically makes it more difficult to vote, and it's like they're like shortening the window when you can vote because um, every state is different. Every state handles their voting different. So like for example, California you can vote like way in advance in absentee ballot things like that. Um, or like this year, they mailed it to us. I voted and then I dropped it off whenever I wanted to. Um, and what they're doing is they're making it so like some places like you can only vote here. Like you can only vote here and you can only vote in downtown LA and that's where the longest line is. And it's going to be like four hours. Oh, and if you're hungry, um, like we can't bring you food because then that just nullifies your vote. So it's, it's like little things like that that they're trying to do to disenfranchise is the word. Um, voters and also I think but i don't I, I i couldn't tell you yeah much th- more than that i think with like uh, with your thought process pretty much you'd have you had you'd have all these democratic cities you know deciding all the policies because it'd be the most populated cities and you know they're going to vote a certain way and pretty much everyone else is asked out whether they like it or not you know what i mean i guess that's where it kind of go to um there's got to be there's so got to be something that works I, out yeah I, I guess i guess what i think is we have to try stuff, you know, like, yeah, like, absolutely. like I, with my, my class the other day, we were just reflecting on that Einstein quote, which I already forgot it word for word, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, it was like doing the same thing. Insanity is oh, yeah, doing yeah. the same thing over and over and, and expecting, expecting different, different results. Result, yeah. And I feel like that's what we do. We flip from one party to the other, but at the end of the day, like not a whole lot happens because they're just so focused on winning the next election, pitting each other against each other. So I'm not, I, not a big Joe Rogan guy, but he said like it. It seems like it's like we vote someone in and they spend eight years fixing it, and then we vote someone else in and they spend eight years tearing it apart, and then you vote someone in and they spend eight years fixing it. It's, that's what it seems like. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I heard a uh, Lex Friedman. He's he's another good podcaster, um, and he had this 
girl that was from North Korea. Um, uh, oh, shit. Uh, North Korea, def- I think called her deep defector. I don't know what yes. that means. But um, basically, she escaped she, there, yeah. went to China, um, then eventually got came over here. But, um, yeah, dude, it was incredible. You got to listen to that podcast. It was so powerful. But... I don't even know where I was going with that now, <laughs> just because I got so into thinking about that podcast. Like, damn, her whole journey, and it's like, yeah, yeah. just remember the whole episode, and it threw you off while you're like, yeah, well, we we were talking about laws, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like voting and and ways to make it better. Oh, I don't so know. so what she mentioned, my bad, just came back to me is like, <laughs> one thing she likes about America is that states have power, and that all states aren't exactly alike and yeah. like you just said like the democratic cities would be you know kind of dominating the voting because most people or whatever but um what if each state did that like on, on laws like that's what, what they do in some sense but like yeah. have a have a yearly vote for the states and i don't know why i'm talking politics i don't know shit about politics <laughs> i'm the wrong guy to come up with ideas right but um i'm just thinking like you know i some some issues. I'm like, damn, I don't want to wait five years for this to to pop. You know, Derek, for your class rules this semester, class right? rules. <laughs> when you when you when you go back to school next year, I want you to vote. I want you to let everyone vote on the class rules, as a class, dude. Well, you tell them, hey, like, we, uh, can we chew gum in class? We're gonna take a vote like that. You know. Yeah. Hey. And then you're gonna say, fuck no, dude. You can't chew gum in class. I let them chew gum. <laughs> I, I I like Law and Order. I do like Law and Order. I'm not even gonna lie. I like to tell the kids like but i'm open to i'm not gonna be like hey let's vote on should we chew gum in class i'm gonna vote on i'm not gonna vote i'm gonna say like you can chew gum in class but you gotta throw it away like if you ruin that like it's over yeah like if if i see someone on the floor it's like if you lose my trust you're you're screwed what a nazi dude i i've been thinking you read four agreements right yeah I think that's a, a great concept for a classroom. What is that? You gave it to your brother, huh? Did they yeah, I gave it to him as a gift. It, it's a powerful book. It's a it's a book. He basically comes up with uh, four agreements to basically just let personal freedom. Okay. And what are, do you guys remember what they are? I have to reread them again. Like the four: don't take anything personally. Personal. Um, I agree. Don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Um, but it's true, like assumptions yeah. they just lead to so many problems. Probably right. True yeah, we assume someone knows what we're thinking or mm-hmm. what we want, mm-hmm. or we make assumptions about a group of people or, or whatever. Um, what are, uh, the, the other ones like be truthful and honest with your word. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like basically like no gossiping, none of that stuff. Because when is gossiping any good? Really? That's all the good stuff. All the good stuff. And, and uh, what's the last one, man? Oh, being uh, so it's be impeccable with your word. Um, don't take anything personal. Yeah, look it up, Chris. Look it up. But anyway, I think those four, the four agreements, would be like perfect for a class because it's all about self accountability. We like, um, and I think that's where you have to look for when you really want to make change. Everyone, like as a teacher, what I want to teach is I want to teach self accountability so that you're holding yourself accountable, not because this is the rules and you need to follow this, but. Because that's what's going to serve you just to be in your best interest. I, I, my first year teaching, like, yeah, I had like seven rules, but I just keep it down to one. Like, just, just don't be disrespectful, period. Like, that, plain and simple. That's, yeah. Then, then that, that's how I keep it. Like, I respect you. You respect me. Like, if you got my back, I got, I got your back for sure. The fourth one is always do your best. Always do your best. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those are pretty four simple ones. And going yeah. on to, like you said, like, have them vote. I'm going to try this new thing this year. Um, I'm going to try to emphasize, like, community. Like, because if we look outside in the world, we can easily find a whole bunch of things wrong with our communities. We can complain about them, blah, blah, blah. 
But like, what are we really doing? So what I'm going to try to emphasize to them is if you want a community, out, a great community outside of this classroom, you want a great community in your school, then we need to first have a great community in this classroom and really emphasize on doing that. Because if we can't even get a, a strong community in a classroom, um, how can we get one in the world? It makes a huge difference when you're when your class is just clicking like um, you've had those classes, right? Well, let's use this last year, for example, when we're online. 90% of the kids have their cameras off. <clears throat> Did, was there a certain class where you're like, this is my favorite class? Um, I, I had a couple <clears throat> where the, the chat was really active. People were really kind to each other. And then uh, it was just a good vibes in there, even right. even without uh, cameras on or anything, which was, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive, like for online. And then you have, have an, and then you had your other classes where they weren't bad. They were just disconnected. Right. And it, it makes a huge difference. Like I, there was for sure, there was one kid, he was obnoxious, but I loved it. Like every day he would just, he would bug me in the middle of class and beginning of class at the end of class. And it was probably one of my favorite classes, not because of him, because of other students too, but it was just the more that they communicated and the more that you're right. Like it was really nice to see like, um, someone's like, Oh, Hey, it's my birthday today. And like, Oh, happy birthday. But you know, and kids normally they wouldn't do that. They just kind of be like, mm, I don't care. You guys couldn't force the, the kids to have their, their cameras on. I did because I needed to give them credit. So in order for me to give you credit, um, for working out, I need to see that you're working out. But no I one ever gave you a hard time about it. Like uh, the kids? kids either did it or they didn't. It was that's what it boiled down to. Mm. And yep. I would give them the grade. Like they didn't have the camera on, no grade. I, I didn't push it because um, mm -hmm. I look at myself when I go into staff meetings. I don't really want to turn my camera on. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> if I, don't I didn't. It, but reason I, I didn't push it on them is I was like, I were in some weird circumstances. Um, I know what it's like to be a 14 year old. You might be insecure about your looks, this and that, or your house behind you, your mm -hmm. siblings doing some crazy stuff behind you. So it's, there's a lot to consider. So I never really pushed it. I could have right. pushed it a little bit more, um, but it was just something I never pushed to be honest. I, I know for like, uh, some of my classes, um, we wouldn't have our cameras on and I always felt super bad for the professors. It's boring. Yeah. Like they're just talking to us and like they would ask questions and no one yeah. would answer, you know? That's online learning. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, this is so it. uncomfortable. As a dude. teacher, I hated that. Because yeah. like, all right, well, I'm just wasting my time. And then at the very end, you're just like, oh, today was fun, thanks. And I'm like, man, I wish you would have told me that huh. in class because <laughs> it just changes your attitude, you know? Like if, if your students are feeding off of you and then you're feeding off of them and it just makes it go a lot smoother. But if you're just kind of talking into a blank screen, it's just boring. Yeah, it was boring, man. You guys, you guys had no funny um, online learning stories. Yes, I did. You have one. Uh, let me hear. I want to hear. It. You have right. to say names. Um, the, f let me see. I can remember one for sure. Um, so we're doing PE, and uh, the kids have to have their cameras on, and I was, a hundred percent okay with, um, like if I only saw their feet, if I saw the top of their head, like as long as I can see something moving, it's like oh, well, you're doing the workout, you know. And then one time there was this girl who had her camera on the floor and she's uh, she's working out. And then all of a sudden you just see this naked person walking <laughs> towards the camera. And I'm like about to flip out, like not on her, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, like there's somebody naked on camera. Turns out it was like a like a baby in a diaper. Oh, and so from far dude. away, from far away, it looked like it was just a naked person. And then the baby comes up to the camera and I was just like. Oh, my heart dropped because I was like, oh, like, I hope other kids can't see this. But it was, yeah, it was just a kid in a diaper. And that really freaked me out. What about you, Derek? Nothing too crazy? I didn't have anything too crazy other than um, 
this year I experienced allergies for the first time. I've never had allergies. Like mm-hmm. I told you guys before, I think it might be related to COVID that I developed them after or something. But there's a, a, a week or two where my eyes were very swollen, really dark circles around my eyes. And I turned my camera on one time. And well, my camera's always on. But like one day, like a kid was like, Damn, Mr. Dossie, you look beat. And, it, and I was like, shit, man. And then, and then uh, someone else was like, are you hungover? And then, <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny, man. Now, it was cool, though. Uh, I feel like I, I made some real good, uh, strong connections with my kids. But if I ever saw them and mm-hmm. they say, what's up, Mr. Dotson? I'm not going to know who they are. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, a lot of kids had their that. cameras off. Yeah. It was actually for um, one of my classes. It was a Friday night class. We had this professor. Um, it was a, like business information systems. So he's super nice guy, Indian guy. He would just talk like a lot. Like our class was four hours. I swear he would talk for four hours, bro. Oh my God. And, uh, but we, we wouldn't have to have our cameras on. So I would just like sit there. Sometimes I wouldn't be paying attention. Uh, and I, I guess I had my mic on at one time. Oh yeah. I think you're talking <laughs> about this. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, dude, I have no idea what he's fucking talking about. <laughs> And I swear, like, you, the class, he was just stopped talking, and he was like, and I was like, oh, shit. And I had some classmates that started texting me, like, dude, your mic's on, bro. And like, How does that happen, That's though? rough. I don't know, dude. See, Did like, he say anything to you? So my, no, no, he didn't. So we have a room in the house, and it's the office, and there's a bathroom attached to it. I would never use the restroom unless my camera, my, my computer was shut, because I was just like, I just don't want to ever run the risk. Mm-hmm. Of like, and you can't even see anything, but like, I just did not want to run the risk of like my camera's still on and I'm in the restroom and use your, whoosh. <laughs> like, no, wanted to avoid that. Yeah, that's real, dude. That those little fears. Yeah, I did do a show and tell. We did show and tell. Um, kicked it old school, dude. We did show and tell, but everything, everyone, everything that was shown was appropriate. So what you show. Cool. What did I show? Probably something Laker related, huh? Nah, I showed this little pillow. Um, that's Dozer, my old dog. Oh, yeah, rest in peace. Just cause I, I, dude, I love Dozer, bro. He's a Dozer, <laughs> yeah. For for people that don't know, which uh, Dozer was uh, this dog I got for my birthday. I think it was when I was like a fourth grader, and he ended <laughs> up living like till he was like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. But during like his last years, he is really hard of hearing. So my brother, <laughs> he would always yell at him, like he would do these funny videos recording him, Dozer, <laughs> and and then like. He's just oblivious, has no clue anyone's around him, just walking all happy. But he's special, man. Hey, dogs are really special. I I was thinking about it the other day. They're they're special. 16 years, that's a long time for a dog. That's really good. Super long. But what was rough with both of my, because I had another dog. She lived till like she was 14, and they both, we had to put them down both around the same time. Right. That's a difficult decision for a pet owner, like when you're going to put. That's why I don't even want pets. But it teaches you a lot, man. Yeah, actually, I hear you. It's uh, painful. Recently, yeah, um, recently, my brother they had found out that one of their dogs, um, has cancer, so they've been having like trying to figure out are they gonna put him down or, you know, should they? Because the it's surgery? expensive. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's ultimately what it comes down to. I know, like I know you're a super big dog person. Yeah. But would you be able to make that decision, dude? To, I did. Yeah. To put him down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both of them. Well. Uh, those are me and my mom made that decision. Like he was, I think I had like liver failure or something. Um, and basically he just he couldn't he couldn't uh, digest protein, so he just kept getting skinnier and skinnier. Damn. And um, his energy was just less and less. And then um, he just looked a little looked a little less happy, a little less happy as time went on. And at one point, we're like, 
uh, he's like suffering more than he's happy. And I don't want to get to a point where like his whole day is shit, you know? Right. So um, one day I came home I'm, uh, or I stopped by my mom's to visit and to see Dozer. And then she's like, what do you think? And then I was like, damn, we got to put him down. So is, we, we is that is it expensive to put him down? Um, not, it's, it's not too expensive. It depends. You, you have, so, there's some real cool vets that you can get to come to your house to do it so they right. can get put to sleep at the comfort and the comfort of right, your right. home. I've, I've seen that. Dude, terrible story. So anyway, what was crazy, I'll, I'll t- tell you about when I, uh, put down Dozer and then when I put down Suki, when we put down Dozer, it was, cr- it was crazy just because, and I'll t- sorry, something just popped in my head about the experience. All laughing. Oh my God, dude. I'm over here all crying, dude. All laughing. Yeah, so... <laughs> it was, it's crazy because you know I was saying goodbye to like my best friend, bro. Yeah. Like he he t- was. I'll share a cool lesson that he taught me. So out you, if you guys know me when I was younger, um, I had a temper, dude, super competitive. So I'll <laughs> I'll be playing 2K in my room, <laughs> and if I'm getting smacked one game, I'm like, what the hell? And then like you could just like sense my anger and irritation, and then like he'll like get up and like give me a strange look, like what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> and then he he'll, and then he'll leave. <laughs> Whenever he noticed me getting angry, and I was like, "Oh damn! Like I'm I'm getting so angry, my dog doesn't want to be around me." <laughs> so, um, so then when I start to get angry, I notice him, and I'm like, "Oh, my bad, dozer, my bad, dozer," and I'll pet him, and then uh, I'll cool out. So yeah. he taught me like, "Yo, chill out, dude. You're playing a video game. You're not winning nothing here." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when we put him down, it was crazy. It was like my first experience, real like hands-on death. You yeah. know, like I, my grandpa passed, rest in peace, but I wasn't there with him when he passed. Mm-hmm. But with Dozer, you know, um, he's alive one minute, gave mm-hmm. him a shot. And then like his life is just gone, like left his body. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it felt like, because I'm like, he just felt like a a, a a meat and bones now. It didn't feel like Dozer anymore. Right. His personality. and stuff. <clears throat> like, all that was gone. And that's, it, that's when it really hit me that like, oh, damn, like it just made me think about death differently. Like it really truly felt like something left him. Um, but why I was laughing is because so like before he gave him that shot that um, put him out, he first sedated him, and um, my mom should have got a picture of him before he got sedated. But so like I'm all crying, dude, and then um, I have him, I'm holding him, um, he's sedated, so like uh, like just completely out. He's not dead yet, but he's right. out. And then my mom's like, "Oh, let me get get a picture <laughs> of you." So he's like, he looks like all dead, bro. He looks dead in my arm. I have tears coming down, like just smile. And uh, and I always look at that picture. I just laugh. I'm like, "Why did we take a <laughs> the picture?" That awkward mom? picture. Yeah. <laughs> but Suki, dude, Suki, she she's she was our oldest dog. We had her before Dozer. Super cool dog. She was like a Shih Tzu poodle mix. Um, she was small too, right? Yeah, she was small I remember, too. Yeah. She was a sweetie, man, and. But one day I came home, I was chilling with Anthony in the back. Um, <laughs> I was chilling with Anthony in the back, and then uh, he, and then we just chilled for a little bit, and then he left. And then I went to my room where I, I had Suki on my bed, and then I, I was petting her, and, like, her, like, part of her back was, like, her, her one of her joints was, like, all out of place. And I was like, crap, did I, like, drop her and, like, something dislocated or something? Right. But it turned out she had some kind of brain aneurysm where oh she, she couldn't. She couldn't move like, like it was locked, locked in, in place. Yeah, yeah, it was locked in place exactly. So, so then I called my mom, and she was already on at the point where we were considering putting her down. And I call her, I like, cry, like, damn, like, I think we got to put her down today, mom. We got to put her down today. And then as I'm on the phone with her, sh- she starts seizuring in my oh, arm, bro. Like, no damn. joke, like two, like two minute seizure. Then she stopped. And then, um, my mom's like, okay, I'm gonna come home right now, and then we're gonna take her. And then she started seizuring again. So as like I, my mom pulls in the driveway, I walk out there with her. She's still seizuring like when they're in the car. 
Like my, I was wearing a flannel. It had drool all over my shoulder just from her seizuring and stuff. Right. And then we took her to this vet. And she's old, dude. She's like 15, 16, super skinny. And the vet was like, oh, I don't want to put her down yet. I want to do some some more tests on her. Um, and then pretty much like he he like made my mom seem like a bad person for wanting her to put, to put her down. Like, right. like she was doing yeah. it prematurely. No. And so like my mom comes out. I didn't go in with her at the time. Like she was just going to go because like, I don't know, I was just too hurting too much at that point. Right. I didn't want to go in there. And um, she comes out and tells me like what the vet said. And I, that pissed me off. Bro. I wanted just because I saw my mom crying and how he made my mom feel. I wanted, and that's another thing. You'll do anything for your mom. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I was ready to go in there and throw some hands with that dude. <laughs> um, but anyway, we went to this other vet, barely got in before closing, and then uh, put her down. But yeah. th- those were rough. I was like, damn, the next dog, please go in your sleep. Right. No, but I'm not big on pets for that reason specifically. Um, we had a bunny, and the bunny lived in the bathroom because uh, he would just chew everything up. And yeah, like he already had like bad legs. We kind of like dragged himself everywhere. And uh, I was getting ready to go to work. And then he just starts shaking. And I'm like, dude. So I called my sister. I was like, hey, like what's going on with the bunny? And then it was the weirdest thing. The bunny just let out one like loud human scream and then wow. just died. So it just what? died in my arms. So I was just like, dude, like this is trippy. And it was sad, you know? And I went to work and went about my day. But I'm like, yeah, I don't want pets because I just don't want to deal with that. Well, why do you think humans are so attached to? To like some like something like dogs, I, why I, dogs? Dogs are different because dogs have a smarter brain than any other animal, I guess. And I think dogs love you unconditionally. It's um, the loyalty of it all. You it's think? the it's the loyalty and then just the connection um, and just the way they live, man. They can teach you so much. Like they're like if if you get mad at them one minute, they're not gonna hold a grudge on you or, or whatever. Um, like two minutes later, they'll forget about it, and then they're cool. Um, but I just think they short term memory they can teach you a whole lot. Um, and one uh, for me, like as a kid growing up with dogs, what was really cool is it was an opportunity for me to learn how to take care of something else, something that's helpless. Like if he's gonna get fed or she's gonna get fed, it's gonna be because of me. Um, I'm I'm gonna feed them. Or if they're in pain, it's my job to to try to alleviate that pain as much as I as I can. So I think just that that connection of teaching you really how to, to nurture something, really care for something uh, outside of yourself, is powerful. Yeah, that's why I don't want a dog. I just, I just had a son instead. I thought, I thought you, <laughs> I just had oh a yeah, son instead. way easier. Hey, but <laughs> the thing is, the lifespan, bro. Well, yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Hopefully, he buries me. I don't have to bury him. Yeah. As dark as that is. <laughs> That's a real, that's real, man. Yeah, no, I mean. I can't my, imagine burying your own I, kid. So kind of like what you said, like there's things that like go on and I'm like, yeah, I don't want that to happen to him. You know, like I see, I see like on Instagram or Twitter, like people who are like going through things and I'm like, yeah, like I hope I'm able to protect them. Or even something as simple as um, what made him cry last time and I kind of felt like bad for him. Like, just his teeth coming out. Like, he just, mm-hmm. he, he can't sleep sometimes. So, it's like, you know, you want to, like, put him in the best pos- comfortable position. One day, I was trying to put him to bed, and he, like, stands up on me and just flops backwards. And I was like, you know what? Like, he keeps doing it. I'm just going to let him do it. Holding him while um, while he's doing it. And, like, he just knocked out. Like, he flopped backwards. He was upside down. I was on the Lazy Boy, and he just, like, knocked out. And then eventually, like, I picked him up, and I put him to bed. But, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's different caring for... A person how, how does that change your uh perspective or has it like what has it changed for you you're, yes. you're a pretty new dad since, yeah since, since we we were last on the pod do you became uh, a dad bro I'm oh not, yeah um i'm a selfish person but i think i'm less selfish now like in the past with casey like i'd get 
not that I do this with him, but like, um, like if Casey were to eat my last fry, like I'd be really annoyed. Like, dude, like, <laughs> like, like that's my fry. Whereas like sometimes I will be eating watermelon oh, and he'll, we'll be eating watermelon and like, like I still want some, but it's like, no, nah, it's all right. Like he can finish it. Like something like that. Something that's small, you know, like, and I know if we're older, like my mom would always share her food with me. And so like, I know when he's older and if, cause he doesn't eat junk food at all. Um, and if he were to want like the last fries or the last bite, I'd give it to him. So I think that's one thing that for sure has changed. He, he doesn't drink soda? Nope. He's good. No, like Casey, Casey's an amazing mom, dude. Like she, she's great, dude. Like she, I've never, like she loves me, but like she loves him. Like, but he's going to drink soda. You're a soda addict yourself. Dude. Um, No, like he's starting to pick up on a lot of things. And so like I need to start cutting some bad habits. Like I need to watch what I say around him more. Um, like sometimes I kid with Casey and I say some like inappropriate things. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that in front of him because like he kind of just stares and watches. And it's like, all right. And he does repeat words. Um, luckily, he hasn't repeated any bad words or anything like that. Like one day Casey was calling me. He's like, Josh, 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 I need you to come. And he just looks at me. He's like, Josh. And I was like, what the hell? Like, dang, dang. Like, he's a sponge right now. So, um, no, my habits have changed for sure. I'm I've lost as much as 20 pounds right now. I'm down 15. Um, and that's kind of some Ew, of it has to do. Yeah. Some of it has to do with, like, all right, like, I want to be able to, like, move around with him and not just be like, all right, I'll catch up to you in a little bit. So when you're deciding what sport he's going to play, dude, are you are you in the in like the the corner of like, I'm going to just let him pick what he wants? Yes. But to be honest with you, if I could pick for him to do something, I want him to play a piano, not a sport. Because a piano, I feel like you can do so much more in life with that than just being athletic. How like, about both? I, I heard when kids you want to be a pianist. When kids yes. uh, play piano um, at a young age, I, get, I don't know if it develops both sides of your brain or one specific side of your brain. It I heard might it's do, really. It different. might do both because you're using both both sides of your fingers and stuff. From a from a teacher's perspective, like when I when I look at, I mean, I don't have any kids, but when I look at raising a kid, I now like see how much how much you have to do with uh, your kids capacity to learn and and their brain capacity in the future because you're helping them um to can make all these neuro uh these connections mm -hmm. and all these things if you read to them it's going to benefit them greatly right. so like so much is in your hands as a parent or can be like you can really set them up for success if you really want to so i had mentioned to one of my friends like i want him to learn spanish and she bought me um like the, like little red riding hood the three little pigs um giant and the giant uh james and the giant Gi no. giant giant and the giant beef the giant James and the, gi the, the giant Gina. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but anyways, but she bought him bilingual. So I read it to him in Spanish. So like, I'm really like, I talk to him in Spanish a lot. Casey uh, does talk to him in Spanish. Um, but then there's words that she just uses in English. Like, but the other day, um, his first Spanish word was water. It was agua. agua. We were outside and like, I was like, Oh, quieres agua. And he's like, yeah, agua, agua, agua. And so I was like, Oh cool. This is really, really cool that, you know, he's learned, like, I want him to be, Bilingual. He looks super white, dude. Like, he like looks just Aryan, like you, bro. He looks like an Aryan child. So I'm like, yeah, you gotta speak Spanish. <laughs> an Aryan child. <laughs> this is this is what Hitler wanted. Oh my god. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Blue eyes, blonde hair, light skin. Like he's. Dude, he's, hey, I'm, I'm not even gonna get. To no, that. we don't have to go there. I'm just. I'm, I'm just not gonna get into Hitler talk today. No. <laughs> I was gonna mention something about Hitler. <laughs> I was. I was too. What, what What I was gonna say is, it this just came to my mind, like. <laughs> And this isn't even really funny, I guess, but um, like slave, like I, I, was, I heard a podcast. It, it wasn't Joe Rogan. Something about it's it talking about slavery, mm -hmm. and um, I was like, damn, how do I know more about 
the Holocaust than I know about slavery. When slavery is something that happened in my backyard, um, or my family's backyard. Um, Virginia. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> not for real. Like, <laughs> that, that's just a bad joke. But, um, yeah, like, it, it, literally, it, literally, it literally happened in our country, mm-hmm. and it's... I know more about the, the Holocaust than that. The it's excuse, insane. The excuse is going to be that the Holocaust was more recent. That's what the excuse is going to be. But there's like, so I have a friend, like I, uh, when I go to SC games, like my neighbor, he's black. And like, he tells me like a lot of stuff like, oh yeah, did you know? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nah, like I had no idea. And like, yeah, there's, I think the black community does a really good well of preserving their stuff, but it's just not mainstreamed um, to the textbooks, you know? Yeah. Our history <laughs> classes don't really teach it. You have to it. also like, think about how much how much more coverage there was like during world war ii there was right. video and you know documentaries it's just it's just but like you guys have seen you guys have seen like 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 they try to the one like instagram thing that they put like around black history month like oh these pictures were only taken uh, these pictures were taken at the same time but one's in black and white so they can oh. seem like it was so long ago and it, it's it's true like you would think like yeah martin luther king was like a long time ago but it's like oh jfk just got murdered you know yeah 50 60 years ago but it's like wait they lived at the exact same time right yeah that's true and also when i may be conspiracy hat on here but um like when it comes to slavery like there has to be ongoing effects from that like you Mm -hmm. don't you don't just rebound as a race from from slavery easily you know and we it's still like in our society in in ways affecting uh, those groups obviously like less way less like but do you guys know what I'm saying? Do yeah, you like disagree. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, absolutely. There's still effects. Like there's, there's like I I'm a Hispanic guy and I don't feel any type of um, what's the word? I guess racism. Like I don't feel anything unless I go to like a predominantly white city. Like I went to St. Louis and I felt different. I went to Boston and I felt different. Like I, it was very yeah. subtle in the way that they addressed you, and it was just like whoa, like. That's kind of weird. Like, I, I, I really, I really kind of felt that way in South Carolina. Yeah, I was gonna ask you when you went to South Carolina, did you feel a little different? Like, yeah, it's just something. It wasn't like anyone was like rude or right. You, it, it just, it's it, just something like you just feel like you're being. You know what noticed? I noticed? Like the tone was a little different. I think there. it's, I think it's just who do you grow up around? If you just grow up around a whole bunch of people that look like you and think like you, then it's very easy to feel a little, little uncomfortable. Um, or a little different when, when you're around someone who's different than you. Like, I grew up with, with all Hispanics, basically. Right. You know, I, I was, like, one of the few white kids in all my classes. And when I was around white people, I feel a little weird. Like, all, all white people, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was probably in my head, you know. We're going to go Speedway. Derek, you want to come? Like, what's that? But what's crazy, dude? So, in Virginia, my grandma lives... Uh, very disconnected from the city like you have to drive like 30 minutes to get to a grocery store don't have you don't really have phone service there but she was showing us around and then there's like the stack of of stones and then she's like this was uh, a former slave house like not her, not hers you know but like on the <laughs> land and i'm just like what that that's insane and it made me just think it's not that far away yeah but, no it's it, it, it i mean the the relics are still here you know and you see, like, all the statues of, like, the old Civil War generals, too, and you're just like, yeah, why are those still up, you know? But I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm not, like, a historian. I'm not too educated on it, but it, it is something that I'm, the part of me wants to explore well, more. I was going to, what I was going to say about Hitler, dude, not to go back to Hitler, but <laughs> I'm not giving the guy props, but don't you think 
it's pretty incredible oh, how he was a genius. Yeah, how persuasive and like how good of a leader he was. Yeah, not I've that he was a good person. No, I, I've said that before. You know, that's like pretty to get people incredible. to follow because, him. Yeah, yeah. incredible. On a and like, scale. not only just that. Well, I mean, I mean, you kind of saw that with the last election too. Like, like it just brought a lot of things to light. Where it's like, people, people like there's always people that feel that way, but it was just more accepted, and he and. I look at it as like, wow, like he's an idiot. Like no one's gonna listen to that. And then it's like, whoa, like where did this come from? And it just kind of created like this hostility, um, you know, amongst people. And like, yeah, like if people say like, oh, this is how I voted. Like you kind of look at them different. But it's like, nah, like it's the same person that I've always known. You know, like I don't know. People. But yeah, he was he was a, he was a genius because he was able to like start a whole war. You know, and he only got caught up because he double crossed Russia. And Russia was like, oh, all right. Or Italy, no, he double crossed one of those. It was it, either Italy or Russia, and that's what kind of led to his demise. Have you guys read any of the like autobiographies of Mein Kampf? No, um, no, no. I was thinking like Night by Elie Wiesel. Mm-mm. No, but I've been to the Dude, Holocaust, and I've not Holocaust. I've been to the <laughs> what's the museum that we have in LA? Museum of Tolerance. Museum of Tolerance. Great museum. I, and I've listened to like three or four different testimonials, and you're just like, Dude, damn. I, I, I feel like crying in the Museum of Tolerance at one point, man. The really, testimonials are insane. I really want to go to Auschwitz, dude. I really want to so go see I. that. Yeah, I would like to experience that. It's, man, it's like, dark, I took, I took this stuff. humanities class, and the teacher was very, she she was Jewish, and she was very passionate about the Holocaust, so we learned a lot about it, and she showed us some raw footage, dude, like, footage that, like, I can't get out of my mind, you know, like, it was just, tons of dead bodies and with the bulldozer they're just pushing them into this hole and um reading uh elliot knight by ellie wiesel um uh, there's also another book that i read on it um the boy with the striped pajamas no it's uh, a good movie dude man's finding man's purpose or something like that it's this dude uh he's like a psychologist or something but so he talked about it first he shared his experience and then he looked at it from like a psychologist uh perspective and mm-hmm. talking about like what allowed people to survive and what didn't. And it's, it's just so interesting to me. So you guys asked about, um, like, what's changed. And so, like, my perspective on certain things like that, like, what w- I would die if someone grabbed Josiah from me from mm. off the train. You know, like, I would die. Like, I would, I would try. got a little goosebumps right no, now. No, like, I would try to murder somebody because it's like, this is the end. Like, I'm yeah. just going to go all out. I don't care about my survival or anything like that. So like, you'll 100% make... put yourself before it Absolutely. Saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, that that in itself, it's changed. Like, now you hear stories of people and, like, my response to it is different now because, like, oh, well, now I have a kid. Like, okay, now I get it, you know? And it's it's crazy. Did it hit you instantly as soon as Josiah was born? Um, Yeah, I think so. It was weird because, like, when he was in the in the stomach with Casey, like, she, like, loved him. And I was just kind of like, oh, like, it's happening. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he's here. Like, I can feel him or anything. Like, yeah, I felt it, but it was just different. And the minute he was born, it was just like, your life just completely changed. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Because it. she still says, like, doesn't it trip you out? And I'm like, no, not really. Like, it's just life's progression for me. But it's like, but there's other things that's like, okay, this does trip me out. Like, dude, a human being came out of your nutsack, dude. It's my best swimmer. Michael Phelps. That's crazy. One out, of, one yeah, out of the million, dude. One out of the million. Yeah, he was my best swimmer, and it's like, oh, wow. Not bad. Not bad. Think about how many million you've thrown away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, different conversation. Oh, man. Chris, how about you? You, you want kids, dude? <laughs> yeah, I think so, dude. I, I think, I think so. you'd be a great dad. Yeah, I like kids, bro. I've always been around, like, I have, like, a ton of nieces. Yeah, and you nephews. love being an uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even after school, pro, you, you, you reminded me when you were talking about uh, um, 
when you're at the gym that you did something that you shouldn't have done or whatever. <laughs> I was thinking about like when I when we used to work at the after school program, uh, we played dodgeball in this like little room, bro. <laughs> And I don't know why I got the bright idea, but I was like, I'm going to turn the lights off, dude. Jackass. <laughs> and they, they were playing. They were That's playing jackass. dodgeball in the pitch black. And some kid got in the face. Oh, he broke his one. glasses. And then he like his mom was all pissed. And she was like, tell me what happened. Like, I'm going to tell him. I let him play dodgeball in the dark, dude. Yeah, like, how's that a good idea? <laughs> yeah. Hey, dodgeball. Speaking of dodgeball, a couple of stories of dodgeball with the after school program. Do you remember that one training we had where we were playing dodgeball? But I think I went like super ham. I threw like my hardest, and just like one of the older women that were in the spire. I don't know who uh, it was. But so, I, Jerm, you're listening to this podcast. All right. So this one time, uh, Gail, she's a great. Oh, she's a great she's training. A, she's a great trainer, like for sure. And she had introduced this like it's like trash ball. There's like two trash cans on oh, yeah, uh, on yeah, opposite yeah. ends, and then there's like. Um, there's people on the sidelines who are on your team who can participate, but they're not on the field. And you have people going on. Oh, you the can field. pass the ball to them and get and it back. Can, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of move it around. And so like I was going ham, and then Jalissa, Jerem's sister, was also competitive, and she was on the other team. I ended up trucking her ass. And fucking <laughs> like it was like unintentional, but in- intentional. Like I was like I'm not letting this ball go, but like I understand it's a girl. So like I tried to pump the brake, but I ended up kind of like putting it on her butt. I ended up scoring the point. Like hey, like relax. But yeah, did those trains. Did you were stand super over her? Like I've, no. Dude, I think no, because I needed a score. <laughs> I think work, working with <laughs> with kids as a young adult, like you know, as a it's college great. student, is is great. Like I, I can't recommend that enough. I mean, that's what led me to being a teacher. But even if you're not a teacher, just that experience just gives you a whole different perspective and stuff. You know, I thought it was super. Yeah, valuable. no, I I hundred percent agree. I think that's what made it okay. Uh, me being a. a a teacher because I was like this is fun like I love exactly. being able to mold these kids and do stuff like that with that's them. why I wanted Chris to be a teacher he's really good with his kids he's great with kids I remember so I was his quote unquote supervisor one year and like I loved that I was just able to leave him alone like he could like he could do things that he shouldn't do but I'm like I trust no, him enough that I don't care let's talk about the real elephant in the room dude why did you pick Derek to be the sports coordinator dude <laughs> that was my job <laughs> Derek took it from me just because he has a full tatted sleeve you were like oh I'm gonna pick that guy dude <laughs> I didn't even have tattoos back then. Just, so, admi- just admit you picked so the fit guy, dude. I don't know if any of those Aspire people listen to, but it basically, it's so it was Derek, Chris, and then some other guy. And the other guy was actually the favorite. Not by me, but he was the favorite. Yeah, I remember. And he was he was supposed to get the position. <clears throat> and when I heard that, I was like, hey, like, you know, this is my position. Like, do you mind if I sit in the interview and I kind of have some input on it? Because it's it's like I know what people can, like what people are capable of and whatnot. Um, and you guys both interviewed well. There was something that Derek did that I was like, "All right," but you were a close second for sure. I know. The I other guy, the other guy interviewed horribly. Who but was, he was this? Like, was it Joe? No, we'll put it on here. I can say it or not. I don't. I don't care. But he was. Yeah. He was up for it. And uh, yeah, it, no. Yeah, hey, I honestly thought Chris would. I think Chris. Chris's idea was. I thought Chris would be a better. Chris uh, had a good idea of going interviewer. to. Um, the, high the high school and working like side by side with the high school and like hey like let's help develop it and that was a great idea and then honestly some of the ideas that, had a really good some idea of the too. ideas were just like too big for an after <laughs> for an after school program you know what I mean that's so true it's just yeah. like why dude like what yeah, let's funnel them to but, the but high school no, football team but, <laughs> but the whole concept behind yeah. it was because the middle school sports got taken out yeah that's and true. we that's we true were there to like team. supplement it it wasn't it wasn't because it was like oh we're gonna have to school program let's have sports it was like Oh, it's taken out. Like, let's go ahead and, like, still develop some kids and stuff like that. 
Hey, that was a that was a valuable program, I thought. Dude, you know what? It one, was, but it it it, it yeah it, it lost its wheels at the end. Dude, I had one moment that is where I really considered the um, like, oh, maybe I will be a teacher. Um, we had to teach lit art when we did elementary, so we'd have these big op- observations that were a big deal. Like the guy who trained everyone in, in lit Paul. art. Lit art is basically just reading stories, doing questioning, writing, um, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then great idea, but it's not a good program. Like, and then uh, one time I, I I was getting observed, and then after like a few of them told me, oh, you should really consider being a teacher. And then my mom's a teacher and stuff, and I was always like, nah, I'm not going to be a teacher. And then after that, it, it, that kind of just stuck in my head. I was like, hmm. And then, um, yeah, sure I, enough. It's, it pays well until you hear a lifeguard in L.A. County makes $300 million or Chris is like, you know, there's firefighters who make, yeah, you said I, there's like a firefighter who makes like a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, which something like that. You have to risk your life, dude. You know what I mean? Firefighter, cops, I hundred doctor, I get it. But then there's like... Like influencers, like whatever, like people buy that shit. Like I get it. Like all right, whatever. You make millions and millions of dollars, um, but there's like other positions. Where I'm like really, like my friend, he's an aerospace engineer, and you would think, oh, he makes bank, and he he makes a hundred thousand, which is a lot, especially out here in California. But it's like you should be making more because you're creating airplanes and it's being bought spaceships and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's like. Like technically, I can max out at 100k, and he's going to be at 100k. Like we're making the same, you know. Like, but he's probably going to keep bumping up. Yeah, he is. He is. He said he max. He can max out at like 200, and he says people in his field who make a million dollars are like the CEOs and the like people like that. But I'm just like that's like I feel like I make good money, and then it gets put into perspective with like a lifeguard, and I'm Mm. like, dang, like that doesn't seem right. But then you, I mean, you consider like uh, your time and stuff like that. Time, like time. The time that you have, it's super valuable, dude. Dude, yeah. time's the most valuable commodity for me. It's the best me. part of my job. I'm not going to lie. We get summer breaks. We get Thanksgiving, Christmas break, holidays. And and we get off. We're done like 3, 4 p.m. <laughs> Jesus' birthday, your birthday. 3 o'clock. My Easter. cat's bar mitzvah. <laughs> all of it. We get it all. And you get 10 sick days if you want to use them. Yeah, and you yeah. get 10 sick days. So, like, as, you know, teachers can complain about pay, which, like, I'm down to get paid more. And we're, we're doing an important job. We're educating the youth of America. All of that, um, but it sounds real good when you say it like that. Yeah, but like, so I mean, I, I I try not to throw my hat in the race because it, I'm or my foot in the door because or whatever, because <laughs> I'm a PE teacher and like I get a lot of shit. But oh, I look right, at my, oh, PE, yeah. But I look at my sister who teaches first grade and how much like her, yeah. like she brings it home. It's a different she, grind. Little, little kids are hard. She's a great teacher. Like I, yep. the things she does in her classroom, I'm like dang, like that's that's amazing. Like no one's gonna, and it's not required, and it's more like supplemental. And I'm just like, yeah, she doesn't get paid enough. Do, the work, the work it takes to be a great teacher, the teacher that we all want for kids, that amount of work, yeah, deserves more pay. Absolutely, you know. But um, you're always gonna have your teachers who like mail it in and all that. So, but it's just like any job. Sometimes you know? I mail it in. I'm not gonna lie. Except you're 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 safe as a teacher if you're tenured. Um, and tenure is like a two-edged sword. As teachers, we love it, but also you can see how it can hold. Uh, yeah, I'm educa- tenured. I can't, education I, system back. Yeah, I'm tenured. I, nobody's gonna get rid of me, so and I'm just do this. And you also have to consider that like, you guys are teachers in California, right? You guys kind of work at a better district than most. There's a lot of teachers like out of state in like Virginia yeah. making trash. They make nothing. Yeah, they really true. make nothing, that's nothing, you know. I was listening to when the Arizona teachers went on strike, um, I was like, dang, like they're fighting for thirty thousand, like 
I make way more than that in my first year, no experience. But also cost of living. Cost right. Of you got to yeah. consider that. Cal- do, mm-hmm. do you guys think you'll be in California forever? Yes. Uh, yes, with a vacation maybe. home. I don't know. <laughs> That's the dream. Yeah. I mean, I think about it. The thing that keeps me here, well, one. Family. 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 Friends. Uh, I can do without my friends. <laughs> you guys can come visit me. <laughs> the weather. The weather is, is great here. It, like, even with the smog, which which is annoying, you know, but. But the traffic, I, the traffic, you can't leave. Literally, you cannot leave, bro. There's, there's but no traffic. <laughs> I don't experience traffic, so I can't complain too yeah, much. Yeah, like there's nothing like, like there's. But you live, you work in downtown LA, so that's a different animal. Yeah. Just take, go Metro, bro. Nah, it's too, it's, it'll take too long. It takes like an hour and a half. Dude. It does take a long time. You meet some interesting characters on the Metro. That's so why we see like our buddy Scott. Like he'll commute to, he commutes to work. He, he, he drives like. Five, ten minute drives? Five, ten minute drives. He has the audacity to drive a hybrid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just saving money on gas, bro. <laughs> I used to ride my bike to work. That's how close I lived. And Derek would pull up next to me sometimes. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. I got right. that picture of you. Yeah, and then my bike got stolen. Hey, Chris, I, I want to hear about keto. I know you're doing keto, even though you kind of fell off for your birthday, but... Yeah, I had a bad, I had a it. really bad weekend, dude. But um, the weekend's not even over. <laughs> I know. Weekend just started, my boy. It's still Saturday night, huh, dude? <laughs> Weekend's Thursday through <laughs> Monday. No, uh, yeah. So I, I've been doing low carb for probably about a month or so. Um, and I, I like you know the diet's super popular. A lot of people have heard about it, but it's pretty much high fat, low carb, and like medium protein, whatever it is. Can you? Now that I know what macros are, can you give me numbers? Like for for me, my my numbers are uh, fat. I think my fat is one fifty eight. That's high. One fifty eight. Protein is like one thirty, one twenty. I can hit that. And then carbs are twenty five. You know, just go over twenty five. So like typical day, typical day of eating is like one. I always skip breakfast. I'm not really a big breakfast person. Um, So I usually just eat like twice or three times a day a lot of eggs veggies and like steak uh i use a lot of wings bro i eat way too many wings dude because it's it hits yeah but i air i air fry them so i i Mm. I feel a lot less guilty but um i've I've noticed like my energy levels they pick up a lot the first two or three days feel freaking terrible dude like you're trying to get your body into ketosis right the sugar just that you being uh, that sugar being taken away i feel like your body it's weird because like your body almost feels like it's going to a panic dude your body's like i need carbs bro i need sugar and but after those two three days you just transition and you feel great you transitioned yeah (laughs) dude make the full transition our our bodies are amazing how quick (laughs) we can adapt yeah it's i I really uh you know that's what i'm all about health dude um no, go ahead. What were no, you I was going to say, I hate when people say that I can't, uh, I can't not eat breakfast, dude. I just don't believe that. Yeah, you How can. can you not eat, you know? I only started eating breakfast when I started to have to hit my macro numbers. And so my, when I was like rolling like a fine tuned oiled machine was it would be avocado toast and egg. Two eggs, two fried eggs, avocado toast, 50 grams of uh, avocado. It was great. I but, think, but besides that, I don't eat. I don't. I usually don't eat breakfast. I think you just got to get used to, um, like those that first week. If you're used to eating breakfast, then yeah, that first week or two, you might feel hungry at those times. Drink some water. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll be all right. And th- that, like intermittent fasting is pretty big right now. Um, I mean, I don't do it intentionally, but I do do it. Like I don't. My first meal of the day is until like eleven, twelve. 
Yeah, I always, um, I always, and, and I feel great. I work out with nothing in me, you know. I think in the morning. I think most people do it naturally, anyways. The intermittent fasting, like you probably done it at it, like eight. Isn't true intermittent fasting like eating at like six? I think you just need a sixteen-hour window, oh, right? 16, Without okay, food, something like that. Okay. So, like, if you stop eating at like eight, and you're eating at twelve, I mean that's sixteen hours. Okay. Yeah. You know? That's not that crazy. It's not. It really, it's really isn't. not. And if some people take it further. Um, this one dude, his name's David Sinclair, and and he he studies like longevity, so living living long. Like he he wants to expand how long humans can live. And one thing that he said is, is really important um, is eating. Like he's he's big on one meal a day, mm-hmm. um, but he's also cool with like intermittent fasting. But basically, you don't want to eat throughout the day because your digestive system is working through all that time. And he goes into much more detail than, than I can share. But um, I said, like, oh, that makes sense. Like, you got to think about all that time your body's working. Like, if you can have your body work less, that's that's probably good for you. And um, so, and he talks about, like, if we look back at our ancient ancestors and how they would eat, they don't they don't have food always available to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. They're probably like, well, Eating we're going to collect some food today. Hopefully, uh, kill something, and then we'll eat a, a big meal for pretty much dinner. And they're not calling it dinner, or whatever. Yeah, so, like, our bodies are kind of programmed for that. So mm-hmm. he's he. That's kind of his view and what he studies. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Isn't it funny how like, so like you brought that up, and then like I've heard, um, like I've you guys brought up intermittent fasting. And it's like, well, there was just a research article that says like it's not really that beneficial. It's not saying that it's not beneficial, but it's also not that beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always both sides yeah you know? always there's always research done on both sides it's, it's, it and just trips me out with like research also i think how big are the studies like right. if it's like one individual research who's, who's funding the study yeah too. who's funding all of that stuff and I, at the end of the day i'm just not smart enough <laughs> i'm really i'm really in the corner of like i think breakfast is a scam dude i think breakfast was created to make like more money by companies yeah dude to sell their eggs. You think yeah. about like who, cereal. Like, who yeah. needs pancakes? And yeah, what are breakfast food? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like a good what point. What is breakfast food? Yeah, what is that, dude? When did it, when did eggs and bacon become breakfast food? Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's a good question. It is a scam. I'm with you now. Yeah. You convinced huh? me. Huh? Huh? Hey, you know what I've been trying? I can live without breakfast. We were talking about the health tip, and I'm hyped on this right now. I've been uh, hitting the sauna and the cold plunge. Um basically four times a week so i'll i'll wake up in the morning I'll, I'll lift and then after my lift i go in the sauna um you know i'm just chatted up with all my 60 year old homies in there <laughs> it's cool i'll be meeting all kinds of people in the sauna um but i'll go in the sauna for 20 minutes it's a good mental test man it really is and if i don't sweat a ton i mean i'm a sw- i sweat very easily but i don't do a ton of stuff where i'm sweating like i don't sweat that much when i lift mm-hmm. but i'm um, in there I, I just sweat buckets and stuff you know and um, so after I go in there for 20 minutes, then I go to this cold plunge and I'm just lucky. My Is that just the standard pool? It's a, it's a little square pool, like two stand. You can stand in it. Um, you can't swim in. It's not big enough to swim or swim or anything. But basically what it is, is a pool that's super cold. So it's like 50, 50 degrees. Where is it at, though? It's in it's, LA Fitness. It's so at your gym. Okay. It's, yeah. So it's it's right by the pool. So they have a pool, a cold plunge, and a jacuzzi. Okay. So um, after my after being in the sauna, you know your your body's temperature is high. Everything you go into that cold plunge, and man, that cold plunge is, is tough to stay in. Like I only stay in like two three minutes. Oh, I thought you just dipped and then that and was you it. Sh- you shrivel up, dude, and everything. Yeah, big time. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but but <laughs> I do feel like it has helped my recovery. 
mm. as far as recovering from workouts. I just feel better. So after I get out the cold punch, my body just feels like tight and I just feel jacked after it. And then when I'm in um, the sauna, it feels like it, it loosens me up, um, mm-hmm. loosens me up. And I think I think it's just inflammation, what like cancer and all those things, because I do think about that now. I mm-hmm. think about cancer and all that stuff. Um, I think inf- keeping your inflammation down is, is key. Yeah, I mean, you, Josh, with you with your knee, you never get bothered by it. Like it gets inflamed, or if like you're running, you're, mm. you're the one you had the surgery on. No, I well, I never built the muscles around it, but I, I, it's mainly I don't know how to explain it. I don't get bothered by it, but it's just kind of like sometimes I'm climbing up the step and I feel like oh my knee's gonna give out, but it doesn't. But like I just feel like Damn, that's scary. Get, that's terrifying, dude. Mm, I'm used to it, I guess. What was your injury? Uh, I tore a meniscus. Yeah, and then I tore a meniscus, and then a couple years later, I was playing basketball. I went for a rebound, and, like, I got bumped, and, like, my knee hit the ground really, really bad. So I got inflamed again, but I had physical therapy for that. And no. did, did you hit PT pretty hard after you, uh, after you tore Not your meniscus? Not the first time. The first time, the first time I, like, the government paid for it, so it was, like, the worst um, it was literally like, here's surgery, like, come see me in a couple of days. I show up in crutches, and he's like, oh, you can walk now. And I'm like, nobody told me that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, walk out of here. And it was, like, really weird. Um, so I never had PT. And then the second time, I was working for Paramount. I got hurt on the job. And then uh, I went to – they're like, oh, yeah, you need to go to PT. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I ended up – it was cool because my physical therapist was Wayne Gretzky's Dang. physical therapist. Daughter? No, not Paula. Um, no, it was Wayne Gretzky's physical therapist when he played for the Kings. And he has his own little practice right there in Downey. Oh. And it was really, really cool. He has like a picture with they're both together when they went to the Stanley Cup. And he has like a puck and stuff like that. It was really cool. But yeah, it was cool because you learned a bunch of different like stretches. And then like I got hooked up to like the the thing that makes your uh, muscle. The, the, like, the like, electro- I would get shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of shock. It's so trippy. Yeah. So he's like, all right, tell me when to stop. And I'm like, ah, stop. And then like. I would hit like eight, and then like the guy next to me is like at thirteen. I'm like, oh shit! Like, I think it's actually so called weak. it's called the shocker, <laughs> dude. I, I felt like a, <laughs> I, I got a glimpse of being a professional athlete. Not really, but for me, it was like super tight. When I played water polo at Cerritos, yeah, you know they have their little athletic trainers, like mm-hmm. it's some students, and they plus wrap the teacher. you and all that. Stuff. So like after practice, I'll get my shoulder wrapped with some ice. Um, or if something was bothering me, they'll do that electric, what's it called? Electric shock? I don't know. Whatever it is. Electric shock therapy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I just feel super legit. Like I just come in. Oh yeah. Just tape up my shoulder. And these people are just like serving you up. And yeah. That, that, like, that'd be great. Not- yeah. No, sometimes I play golf and I wish somebody would just rub my feet just cause I'm standing the whole time. You know, do you anything, do you, do you know anything about that whole, um, like the cupping thing that people do? Uh, so it was big with Michael Phelps and then... Like when he did it, then research came out telling you where like that doesn't work. So then I was like, eh. Like I didn't read the research, but it's just like, oh, oh no. When I was at Cal State Fullerton, like yeah, that doesn't really work. When I was studying kinesiology, but what is it supposed to? But I never. Like, what's the theory on what it does? I never really looked into. Doesn't it. it have something to do with like blood circulation or something? But it's like acupuncture. Like it works for some people and it doesn't. Like um, there's this episode on I think it's Adam ruins everything about the placebo effect about how. Um, like gems, like people are really into gems and like there's like, it's been scientific, scientifically proven that gems do nothing for you, but the placebo effect has an effect on you. And so therefore, because you fall into the placebo effect, like the gems do work. So it's like, 
Doesn't that kind of speak to the power of the mind? Right. Which is crazy. I think it's super underestimated what we can do with our minds. Yeah. So, I mean, for some people it works and for some people it doesn't. And it's all about if you're open to it and if you really, like, open yourself to it. So, for example, I had a buddy who uh, had cancer and he wanted to go, like, full-on holistic. And he's like, you know, there's been research that's been done and, um, like, it cures it and, like, we're going to go with this approach and, like, so he got like this machine and he like built this room in his um, in his garage and like suddenly he just died and the cancer took him. But he went out peacefully, like no pain, no, yeah. nothing. But w- he was just he was, was just it a cancer that he could have beat if he went with I, modern medi- medicine? Possibly. I don't, I don't know. I don't I, I never found out what stage he was in. Well, mm. he must have had him in stage four. But he when I was doing student teaching, he got it. And then um, he had surgery for it. And so he was out. And then, yeah, like five, six years passed by, came back. And so he uh, he went with the holistic approach. And, yeah, like he was open-minded to it. He was actually helping us buy our house. And then I text one day like, oh, hey, right. we're looking at, yeah, we're looking into this house. And then his son's like, yeah, he went into sleep like last night. Like, Whoa, that was crazy. That's crazy. And, uh it was crazy to see his memorial, how many people he had influenced. Like, how the hell did you have time for all these people? Because I felt like you had all the time in the world for me. And so it's like, like, I felt this way and like, they felt this way. They Like, it was a thousand people at his memorial. It was amazing. Dang. Dude, so. it, it's crazy when you meet people like that where they have... How a, do you have time for your family? And he did. His family loved them. I think for me, what comes to mind is how present are you really when you're with someone? Because you could... I, with someone but how but with those kind I'm, of people I'm, you feel like i'm really bad at being present sometimes you feel yeah, that feel they're that. completely there like i had this teacher his name was uh dr green during my teacher program and just being around him you feel this positivity this great energy and you feel like he truly cares about you even though you're, you're together an hour or whatever when you're talking with that person he's fully there um listening and it th- it just feels like they just completely accept you and they're not trying to change you they're just they're just there for you that yeah, that's that that's my coworker, and she always says like I feel like such a bad friend. I'm um, not necessarily with me, but with other people, because she's like I know you got all this shit going on, but like I have my own shit to deal with. But like when you talk to her, like you feel like she's fully invested in you, and it's just and yeah, like she has her own life that she lives, and she doesn't have time for anybody's shit. But she makes you feel like she's present, and it's like wow, like I I I feel like I can only for sure do that with my students, but with adults I can't. Like sometimes I'm like. If I'm not interested, you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a dick. Listening's a, a, a real <laughs> skill set, and it is. it's something you can learn. It's not something that you're either a good listener or you're bad. It's something you can cultivate. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's kind of like it's kind of like meditation, like in a sense where it's like we're having a conversation, but my mind's starting to go here, and it's like, wait, I gotta refocus and mm-hmm. listen to you and actually like retain the information. But what if you just don't? care dude oh that's me you know what i mean like that's me is that is that bad to say like you can't just uh, be like dude, I but, the, care, but there's dude. there's people who do like who don't care but they make you feel like they yeah, care but, but and it's genuine it's like you know like oh i heard you had a bad day you know tell me more about it even though you don't care me i'm just like hey how was your day mm, not so good oh that sucks <laughs> and i walk away <laughs> <laughs> it sucks to be you man and speaking to what you're saying <laughs> i think when like you said like i don't care but that's that that chatter in your mind and you're True. choosing to engage with that like when it comes to mindfulness is like you observe that ch- you might have chatter in your mind like dude shut the up you know <laughs> but um you don't have to engage with that and then you could, like josh said you just bring yourself back 
to focusing and, and dude for me to breath is a, a great anchor um even when you're talking to someone and like you can go into a conversation with intentions to really listen or you can already have it set in your mind that i want to get this done this person's kind of like a roadblock in the way let me just you know what i mean yeah, I, I think one reason why I don't care is because I'm always busy. Like, I try to squeeze in as much as I can into my day because I want to be productive. Like, time is money to me, so I want to spend – I want to get everything done Monday through Friday so that I can golf on Saturday or Sunday without a care in the world. So I think because I'm always busy and I'm always rushed, um, I feel like that's why I kind of don't care sometimes. It's like, I got to go do this. Like, I'm sorry I don't have time for this. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think we people live in – and like we live in a super busy kind of society. Yeah. Sometimes people, like you were saying uh, about your buddy, like you you feel busy, but there's always someone out there that's just twenty times busier than you are. You know, right? How, how can they fit all these things in their life, but you can't? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think I learned that from my mom because my mom's always productive, and so I feel like I'm always productive. Um, maybe not to the best standard, but I'm always doing something. You know, mm-hmm. like. I'm always cleaning or I'm always putting stuff away or podcasting. Nah, you killed that dream. <laughs> I think th- I think there's value to doing nothing too, to having some time to really do nothing, to just be in silence. Like for me, some t- I feel like I'm always listening to a podcast or I'm talking to someone going here or there, but I try to make uh, make a I tr- I try to be intentional about it and maybe sometimes when I'm driving my car, I'll turn the volume down to nothing. No noise other than outside noise and just try to be present with my drive. And it's nice to not have that mind spinning all the time. And, and when you have those moments of silence is when I feel like I have the most clarity in, in don't certain you, things. Don't you get that when you work out, though? Because that's what I feel. When I go for my runs, like I'm listening to a podcast, but I'm also like taking time for myself. Yeah. You don't feel that when you work out? Oh, no, I do for sure. Yeah. Uh, you're just into your working out or whatever. It's like a little escape from everything in a right. way. Right. Um, I guess what I've been trying to do is just be more intentional just throughout my day to day. Like I'm not trying to get anywhere. I know where I need to go. I know what I need to do, mm-hmm. but like, I'm trying not to rush, which is hard sometimes, you know? So even when I'm like walking from my car to my classroom, I could be thinking about what I'm going to do um, as soon as I get in my classroom or I can just enjoy that walk. And when I get to my classroom, it's be the same thing. It's a nice, it's a nice feeling when, you're walking to your classroom like as soon as I get in, I got to do this, this, and this. Versus like, oh hey, hey Johnny, how you doing today? And you just because you have the time to do it. Yeah, you're right. It's good to not be rushed, but I love it. You love being rushed? Yeah, I I do because I l- like stressed out. No, because I feel like I'm being productive for me, and that's why, like you said, oh it's time to it's nice to take time to yourself, and that's what Saturday and Sunday is for me. Like I'm able to just kind of do whatever I want. You know? Yeah, like this podcast. Like I'm able to record today because everything's been taken care of. I know Josiah's outside staring at you. Like, what's going on, dude? Like, when you gonna? Nah, he's here? playing with his mom right now. <laughs> She's watering the garden. Hey, he's such a. I, I told Josh like he's just so happy. It's my first time meeting uh, Josiah, his, his little happy, baby boy. Man. But that's something special about kids. They're so. Speaking Naive. of presence, they're so present, man. Like, I, like, have you noticed that with Josiah that he's super present? Yeah, like he's – there's times – he's he's great because there's times where I can just, like, get stuff done in the house and he's just playing by himself. And then once I'm done, like, I sit down and I play with him and it's just – it's great. It's cool how lost they can get into – how into it they can get into whatever they're doing, you know, and how curious they are. Oh, dude. 
Like they're so open. Like you know how we get our ideas his, about things. This baby gate. He so he he has um, that door. That this is his room. He has a window, and every once in a while, I'll open up the window, and he has learned how to climb onto the lazy boy, go to the top, and then touch the wall. So I always have to be there when he does that, though, because if not, he loses his center of balance and he falls over. But it's just crazy how quick his mind is developing, for sure. I'm not going to be like, oh, he's really smart. Because honestly, like being doing like some child studies, it's like every kid goes through that. So you can't really be like, oh, my kid's really smart because he blah, blah, blah. blah. No, like they all develop at different rates. They all end up developing, you know. So yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't claim like, oh, he's really smart. Like as a parent, I I'm not a parent, but as a parent, I could imagine it could, especially if you have friends with kids and stuff, it could be easy to do that comparison game where, oh, his kid's doing this, my kid's doing this. Like, but there's, like you there's said, certain, everyone's different. Everyone's different, but there is certain things like you got to make sure, like, okay, by the time he's two, two years old, he should be whatever. saying this many words and stuff like that, or else you should just take him in, check, get checked out, and see if he's, if he's just a slow learner or. Um, what he is, yeah, like right now he's trying to climb up the stairs. That's why my mom thought I was <laughs> autistic, bro. Yeah, that, 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 that's scary though. That that I that's scary. Because I was talking, uh, I didn't, I, I was very late mm-hmm. um, in terms of talking, and like I, I would just have, I had these like weird ticks, and my mom was uh, in school to become. I think a, all boys have ticks though. Did you have a tick? I had a tick. Like uh, like mine, uh, like I had uh, those Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. I would line them up throughout the house in a specific order. <laughs> And then if one of my brothers uh, moved it out of place or something, I'll like start crying and throw a fit. I was like 16. Um, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but nah, it's crazy though. Yeah, did, all the other things parents worry. Did you have like a like a tick? I I don't know. What, like what do you mean by a tick? So there was like, like a kid who'd like do this. Like no, he'd, not he'd like, that, like wink not and like. But that that's more of an obvious one. Mine would like for sometimes I would get happy and I would just snap like this. Uh, you know what, dude? I was a thumb sucker as a kid, bro, for a long time. Uh, that's not a tick, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, but that's how I would fall asleep every night. Bro. Yeah, some people they have, parents have to like wean their kids off, like yeah. put Oral tape fixation. around their finger. Yeah, what's I, it called? Oral fixation. You mm. have to have something in your mouth. Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess I do. Now that you say it, now, now you say it like that, dude. Like, do you still put like a <laughs> pen in your mouth, or do you find yourself putting things I in your chew, mouth? I chew on pens, dude. I yeah, do chew on so pens. Do relatable. I always used to chew on bottle caps, everything I could chew on. Really? But what what I started noticing, I spent my whole life chewing on stuff, and then I started grinding my teeth at night, and I was thinking, you know what? I think because and I at would one you get point, headaches because you grinded your teeth? At sometimes in the morning, I have a headache from it. So what I started doing, we were talking about that book I was reading earlier. It's one of the keys. It's breath or whatever, or breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tapes his mouth shut. At night when God he goes dude, to sleep. What the or so I tape my mouth shut and but how do you I with, stop. What do you mean by tape? Like duct tape your mouth? I, so it's like medical tape. I just get cut, cut off a strip, put it over my lips. So it forces me to breathe through my nose when I sleep. Or you can just wear a mouthpiece. So yeah. That's another option too. The so mouth, you don't grind your I have teeth. a mouth guard too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, if I don't have to wear a mouth guard. So, and I, I wanted to put the tape on just to help me breathe it. through my nose. Mm-hmm. And it ended up uh, helping both. But I, I do some weird stuff now that I'm getting older. Like I'm, I'm into all these like little things that I feel I can improve my health or <laughs> or help me in this way. Um, so tape is like one of those things that's kind of weird. Actually, when I'm like talking too much at night, sometimes that's when I want to talk about just some random stuff. Like, hey, why why is uh why does Goofy get to live in his house, but his dog has to live in a dog house? You know what I mean? Like Goofy's not a dog though. Goofy's a cow. Goofy's a cow. Yeah. No way. 
I think so. Well, why no, is I did, it can't I, be a cow. He has, did, he has a, a dog. little black nose. Look at those dude. ears. Yeah, I did this. No, no, no you're thinking. I of, had this oh, conversation Pluto, with my fifth grader. Pluto, bro. Pluto's his dog. Pluto's no, dog. Yeah. Pluto's Mickey's dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Goofy have a dog too? No, hold on. This is too much for me right but now, dude. Whenever I'm talking though too much, you just like, oh, put your tape on. Like, oh, he up. is a dog, but he's an anthropomorphic. <laughs> it's a species. Sorry, I had this. I had this. I had this conversation it's a with Shih Tzu, bro. Some fifth graders. <laughs> no, I had a conversation with fifth graders, but I think he was dating a cow, is what it was, and so Max might be a hybrid. Max is. A, I don't. I. I don't remember. <laughs> Point is, man. But yes. He has to live in a dog house and he lives in a real house. It's messed up. <laughs> hey, uh, how, how long have we been potting for, Josh? Two hours. Damn. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got a family to attend to. Chris is recovering from his birthday. Uh, I got to go get a beer, dude. A <laughs> beer? It's been too long. <laughs> uh, let's just end on this. Um, you know, we all been boys for a long time. Uh, Absolutely. What, what's a uh, friendship mean to you guys? Friendship? Um, I don't know, man, because don't you feel like over the course of your life, right, you you get into a lot of you get into a lot of friendships and you get out of a lot of friendships. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's just kind of cool to see the people that do end up sticking around uh, in the end. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's something you're always kind of discovering and the definition is constantly changing. You know? I think yeah. for me, true friendship becomes family um, because. No matter how t- how many times mm-hmm. you and you don't fight as much, like with you guys, I've never fought, but you don't fight as much with your family. And if you do, like you kind of move past it. Um, I think with friendship, like that, that's pretty cool. Like sometimes we'll go through our dark little days, and we just kind of want to be alone, but we don't take it personal. Like we just kind of like everyone needs their space. Whatnot. Right, right, yeah. right. And then you're just able to like pick up like nothing. Um, I have a couple boys that I haven't talked to in like two, three years, and like uh, now that the pandemic is kind of starting to wean down like one of them came over the other day and we picked up just like yeah i feel like nothing yeah yeah so to me like friendship is nice when it can become something closer to family than a friendship you know yeah that with our with our circle which is kind of cool how it all came together um i don't know it's special because we're we're all different and like we all have like completely different backgrounds yeah completely different backgrounds different beliefs on certain things absolutely and uh, it's cool because like our chat isn't just like an echo chamber like everyone will kind of you know share these different beliefs and thoughts and challenge each other and and also just like your funny jokes and shit and and just a random stuff like you can't get too deep in a group chat but i think what's i think what's neat I'll, i'll end with this for me i think what's neat is sometimes like i'll throw something out there expecting like this person to respond but like i get a response from this person and it's like oh i didn't even think about that like okay like this person feels like contributing to them <laughs> nah i just it, nah it's just it, like so for example if i like hey tone what do you think about blah 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 and then all of a sudden like Juan comes in like hey that's a really cool concept i'm like oh like i Juan doesn't talk much like that's cool hey, Juan's deep dude yeah, Juan's super deep yeah he's he's a smart he's dude smart dude yeah that's my boy since seventh grade no he, he Juan, reads right yeah, well, he does a lot of reading. Um, he just recently got into into reading. Okay. Um, yeah. But Juan's always been super smart, man. Like, uh, I feel like he does research. Like, he doesn't just talk out of his ass. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I ask him about like, like he kind of taught us about not taught us, but he like talked about Robin Hood before Robin Hood even blew up. Like, yeah. he goes, "Hey guys, check out this app. Like, it's really cool." Blah blah blah. blah. And all of a sudden, like a couple months later, it's like 
Everybody's buying actually, GameStop. Actually, uh, I told him Stop. to take a personal finance class, dude. Yeah. And then he ended up taking it, and he oh, said he nice. really liked it. And I, was, I was like, I didn't, I didn't think he would ever <laughs> take a personal finance class, yeah. bro. Now he's he's a super open dude, so um, he's open to different ideas. Um, he'll reflect on if if like he doesn't think like if he has if if he believes something, and then you offer him some other information, then like he's not gonna be like, nope, this is the way it is. You know, he's super open. I'm more like that. But uh, <laughs> I guess what with friendship, man, what I like about our circle, we all have these different qualities, like from like generosity to honesty to, you know, all of it. And um, yeah. it's just cool how, how we can learn from each other. Even when you don't think you're learning, like you do pick up on some of those great qualities from other people. And I, I think that's what friendship's all about, just being your best version, but accepting each other and all that, you know? Absolutely. So um, thank you guys for coming on the Dodd Pod, not the Pocket Park Podcast. Rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> No, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on, dude. Yeah, for sure. Late. Because of the couple. <laughs>